This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. How are we doing, chaps? Back, Series 7. Here we are. Series 7, lads. Excited. Oh, yes. Excited to see where it uh, where it takes us. Series 7, with an official sponsor for this yeah, series. Who knows wins with us for the, the series? Back. And I think it, it's your enthusiasm that's... You're the listener. No, your enthusiasm. Oh, mine, sorry. Because you, you love this product, don't you? Are you? Yeah, are you giving me a bit of praise here? Yeah. So it's got to... Series 7, and I finally got a... Done all right there, John. <laughs> done all right. Well done, John. You've done all right. No, but no. You, you actually, you know. I love it, me. I think it's fantastic. Are you still doing it, yeah? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I joined one last week uh, and it went on for two quid, right? <laughs> it was two quid and there were five of us in it, right? But I won it. I won <laughs> yeah. £7.12, something Get like in. that. Right? So it, then I've got, I've, got, uh, I've got a fiver there for me to pay into. To our league. Yeah. So our, our leagues are going to be back up and running every week. Might use it. I might use it to join our league, like the league that we have with ourselves. We, we also have a, a league between ourselves. Yeah. We've not just got the the, the one that uh, obviously every, all, all the listeners go in. We've got a zone. It's a, it's more of a pride thing, I think. Isn't yeah. Because it? yeah. it's good that you can do that, though, isn't it? Set a league up with working in an office mm. or whatever. You could, uh, we did it on Christmas Day with all the family. Yeah. 14 of us in it. It was a good crack. Oh, I can't remember there been many games Christmas Day. Who won? <laughs> <laughs> boxing Day is yeah, a big, you mean, a big you mean, day. You mean on Christmas Day for Boxing yeah. Day. Yeah, that's fair enough. <laughs> is that a new tradition now? Who knows when's <laughs> Christmas Day? Yeah. yeah. Put the charades back in the box, Julie. It's who knows when's <laughs> <Yeah>. time. <laughs> no, it was good. I'm, I'm excited to get back up and running again yeah, this season. There were a few big winners. Yeah, so a couple some of lads did really well, well. I think we had a winner at just over 1,000. I think we had a winner at 1100 uh, who won it on their own for the £5. And then I think the, the last one that we did worked out, I think it was £2,000 shared between six, I that think. Boxing Day as well. Yeah, it will have been, yeah. So I think that was sort of 330 quid a piece. So everybody, everybody had a nice Christmas dinner. If you don't know how it works, join up on the app, download the Who Knows Wins app, link's in the description. Uh, we put 10, 10 games out on the weekend. You choose the results. £5 in the pot, the top three, the the, the pot's distributed amongst. It's a great concept. Yeah, it is. A great concept. Because you're same. better than amongst yourselves, aren't you? Not the bookies. Yeah, so I, I, I just think it's brilliant. If you play the football team, do a football team one. Even if you go 50% foot winner, 50% to the club. 
Pays for your fines and all that sort of stuff, then, doesn't it? So download the app, Apple Store or Google Play. Uh, links in the description and uh, get on the leagues. Short time. We're wanting to get uh, a £5,000 pot, aren't we? Is that the aim? That's that's my aim. We're yeah. not happy until we get it. But I, I, I like the fact that people are going to be winning money. Uh, you're a giver, John. I've heard that about you. Pardon? You're, you're more of a giver than a receiver. Yeah, I'm not too sure if I... Uh... I'm not too sure if, if I'm a giver when it comes to food, I'll be honest with you, but uh, in, in life, I was buzzing that two guys had won a, a thousand quid just over a piece, just before Christmas. Yeah. Can I pick the first week? The first league? I, I'll, I'll, go, I'll, I'll go as far as I say, you can pick every league if you want. Sold. Yeah? I look forward to it. Right, well, season, season seven then. How do we keep doing it? Keep churning them out, didn't we? Yeah. We're not fed up with each other's company yet. Yeah, that was series two. Season that. two, mate. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the walk offs are getting more regular, aren't they? It's, it's sort of like it used to be four hours on, ten minutes off. It's now getting down to sort of an hour on, seven minutes off. Isn't it? I like my own company. Yeah, not quite delving into the to the guests yet, but there's something to wet the whistle. Yes, best off plus. There were some good ones, weren't they? Some bonuses for the Patreon for all of you that aren't members already. What's your favourite? I'll be honest with you, lads. I've stopped listening. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be honest with you, lads. I've fucking stopped listening. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm fed up of hearing as me own voice. Uh, so, what what were your favourite story, Chris? The tank, I think. From the plane. Mm, nah, I think the the training ground massacre. Oh, training ground massacre. Yeah, mm. it was up there. Now I can remember. I, I, yeah, I agree with you. We've got some good guests lined up for both the Patreon and the regular series. Yes. You're sensing a, a lack of enthusiasm. We've just had burger, chips, nachos and a vegetable soup for John. <laughs> yeah, dieting. <laughs> right, should we crack on then? The best of series six. <laughs> the best of series... Is it just series six or yeah. five and six? No, just six. The best of series six. And some gems from the Patreon. Oh, we're throwing a couple oh. of little curveballs in. A couple of Patreons on. Where the whistle, if you fancy it. Maybe we can entice you with a few of the uh, finer stories. Stand carrot. Mm. So the best of Series 6. Here Hope we you go. enjoy it. Now, uh, one of the lads that I know, he plays in the Irish League. I think you work with him at Sligo, and he sent us one video from the training ground, and it was unbelievable. Hopefully, you can uh, shed some light on it. <laughs> I've seen the video as well, and it is fucking, it is unbelievable. It's a little wardy, yeah. Um, it was a bizarre one, that, because there was a, a lad who we signed before we got there, a kid called Patrick, a French boy. I can't remember the second name. He was rubbish. Um, <laughs> so we get a phone call, um, He'd been on a night out where he shouldn't have been on a night out, and he'd put his hands up some girl's skirt, but put it, you know, heavily up a skirt, if you like. Uh, he had a good old rummage. He had a good old rummage, and, you know, rumour has a fingers disappeared. <laughs> oh, so we get a phone call. Is that, is that acceptable in France? Is it? Could they just do that in France? It's not in Ireland. We, we. So we get a phone call anyway and say, listen, he's got a big problem in. So um, my mate from Liverpool's, you know, he's 
knows everyone and everyone. So we get to the name of this firm and I said, they're going to do him. And I was like, ah, you know. So anyway, a phone's me mate. said, listen, this kid's done such and such to this fella's daughter. And my mate's reaction was, you've got a massive problem there. He said, they're fucking round the bend. I said, well, what's the script? I said, make a few phone calls um, and find out. So he gets back to me and he just said, listen, they're going to fucking kill him. I went, well, proper kid. He went, no, they're going to proper kill him. You need to get him out of the country. I went, like, kill him, kill him. Went, yeah, they're going to shoot him. So I've gone, oh, for fuck's sake. So I'll pull the kid in. And he's half like, I went, you've got to go. He said, you, you know, you're in big trouble. You need to go to your place now, get your stuff and go. And he's kind of like, and I went, no, dude, I'm not joking. I'm being serious. So I get to my mate on the phone and he's like a scout and this French kid. And they're having a conversation in the loudspeaker. <laughs> and my mate's going, you've got to get out the fucking country, lad. And he's like, wait, what have I done? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm like, this isn't going well. I went, Listen, Patrick, do yourself a favour, get in your car, go to the house, and fuck off. So anyway, cut a long story, he, he, he did. So <laughs> Did he actually think you were pulling I think he thought it was messing, but then when my mate was like, no, you, you've got to go, mate. You, you know, what you've done is wrong. It's the, one of the main fellas in Ireland. You need to go. So he packed his stuff up, but we're training. <laughs> We've got a match the next night, and we're training on the, the Sligos, the, tra- the first team pitch on the grounds. We're doing a bit of... Set playing, we're whipping in anyway. And um, next minute, we see this, we see this kid, and he's got a hold up and everything. And I'm like, "What the fucking hell?" And I've gone, "What's he there?" Said to Mickey Adams, "What's he playing at here?" So I've gone to walk over. So anyway, the kid just goes, disappears. So then, as we're training, I've just seen a couple of the lads. Gavin Pierce, who was the captain at the time, big hard Pierce, as he told you, he's bailed, jumped over the advertisement board, <laughs> and he's gone. And we're like, "That centre half's gone." <laughs> so then. The right back, Alan Keane, he's gone. I'm like, so as we turn around, there's a there's a fella with a balaclava on, and he's got a gun. So he's walking on. He's going. He he went to because uh, Patrick was a black lad. He went to Jenison uh, Meyer, who was on. You come over from you know yeah. Jeno. Yeah. He went to him with the gun, and I'm going. It's not him. It's not him. <laughs> so. I thought Jen Jenison just froze like that with the with this gun. So I'm running. It's not him. And he's turned to me. And I've got it. It's not me. It's not me. It is him. It is him. So I've turned around like and I'm going to look for Mickey Adams and like. Where the fuck? Everyone's gone. <laughs> <laughs> the lad, I've, I've run over to the lad, and every on, honestly, there's no one in the same ground. There's Jenison like that. <laughs> this fella with a gun up and a clavier, and me going, mate. And it was the fucking one of the lads who was injured. Fucking Johnny Russell. So we've gone over, he's pulled the balaclava off, laughing his head off, I swear to God. I was like, do, do I hit him now? fucking kill him? Honestly, it was, it was one of the best pranks I've ever come across. Were any other lads in on it? Or had he just, no one knew about it. It was just, just it because he, uh, Johnny Russell was, at, he was one of our better players. So he was in the treatment room. But there must have been some talk because he had a fucking wooden gun that looked real. And you're like, fucking... <laughs> No, so there was only him and the, the girl, the physio, we was in it. Nobody knew about it. And honestly, you should have seen, like, fucking lads. And then all of the lads after when I'm going, you shit out. They're like, nah, nah, I was going to get the ball. We were like, ball, there's no one here. He was fucking useless, he goes. <laughs> No, no, he wasn't the best, mate. <laughs> no, Igor, Igor was, uh, he wasn't the best, to be fair. I, I loved Igor, a lovely man. But we used, to, we used to wind Martin up a little bit. Martin Keown, easy to wind up. And he was, uh, what can I say? If Martin got five out of ten in the paper, he'd be going, I'm going to knock the fucking reporter out. Who is he? 
Tony got seven, he even worse. It'd be fucking like Tony Adams. So we had a trialist come in, Eagle stepping off in Geneva. And we, we all um, turn up, bang, bang, bang. And I said to Dennis Bocan, Dennis, we got, we got, we got sent half. So we wind him up. So we might try and wind Martin up. I'll have 100 quid with you. I, I'll have the first half, you have the second half. Brilliant. All right. So Igor done a five yard pass. I was clapping him, going, what a fucking player. <laughs> <laughs> this guy at the back's fucking decent. I tell you what. <laughs> so he ain't fucking passed over there. Next bit he wins ahead, I'm fucking clapping him, what a fuck it, I'll tell you what, Martin's at the end, he ain't fucking murmured, oh shit. <laughs> so we get to half time, whistle goes, anyway, Dennis went, this is how to do it properly, this is how to do it properly. So second half, next minute, he's hit this ball, 20, I think he miskicked it, he went to one of our players, Burkham went, what a fucking player this guy is. <laughs> i tell you what, I play against some great centre halves, I think, I don't want to play against this guy at the back, he's fucking unbelievable. <laughs> Then, and Dennis was winding him up all the way along 65 minutes gone Martin bit he ain't that fucking good <laughs> <laughs> he's missed that tackle he's missed that pass he should have been pushing up he's dropped off he's fucking not that good so we're laughing at dinner that night and I said Dennis there's 100 quid over you well done mate fucking good, good job two weeks later get back to the training ground who's sitting there Igor Stepanovs so I'm like that fucking hell alright Igor what are you doing here? He went, they signed me, he sort like Borat. He went, I, they, I like it here, it's very nice. <laughs> they signed me for your contract. Like, what? Six grand a week, you can't fucking believe his luck. <laughs> so I said, what do you mean? Yeah, I like it, it's nice. Okay, okay. But he, was, he was never going to play. We had so many good centre-halves. All of, all of a sudden, we got the biggest injury crisis going, the centre-half. The only fit centre-half we've got in the whole club is Igor Stepanovs. So I'm like, oh, fucking hell, we play Man United that weekend. <laughs> oh, fuck. Old Trafford. So I'm finding Merce up going, Merce, how much money have you lost in your fucking lifetime? Back Man United, they're fucking certain. <laughs> <laughs> I think I had a better Man United as well. <laughs> so we get there, we've got Oleg Luzny right back, Jules Gamondi, who's the centre half, oh, sorry, centre midfielder, Igor and Ashley Cole left back, David Simon in goal. Against him, Dwight York and Andy Cole. Fucking hell. So we're in the dressing before the game. Keep it tight, lads. Keep it tight. First 15 minutes is so important. Old Trafford, 75,000 people. What happens? Three minutes gone. Eagle runs that way. Fucking Dwight Yule runs that way. One nil May United. Be like, oh, look at this going. What the fuck's he doing at the back? <laughs> we equalise. On we equalise. He's 1 1. All of a sudden, 2 1 May United, 3 1 May United, 4 1 May United, 5 1 May United. Half time whistle goes. Thank fuck for that. David Seaman's on Octopus. <laughs> he the bar. It, it could be, be 9-1 half time so I'm walking up the tunnel half time Dwight York just scored two goals and I always remember Dwight York looked at me he went fucking hell Ray where did he where did you get that set, centre half from he's fucking useless <laughs> I said Dwight it's a fucking long story mate so, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm walking in the dressing room area believe it or not Fingers start swearing, fucking joke, you lot, fuck, fuck. And Jim, I'm, I'm going to laugh. Because he don't suit him, he don't suit me to swear. So I'm there, I'm going, David Sims going, don't fucking look at me, seriously. <laughs> you, you ever seen Life of Brian with the old Romans, when the old bigger stickers? Yeah. If someone fucking says something and someone looks at each other, and they all start giggling. <laughs> but we're 5-1 down at Old Trafford. And do you know what? We played uh, second half, we only let one goal in second half, 6-1. Teddy, Teddy Sheridan scored. Igor never played again. And every time I come in, he said, Igor, I really like you as a person, but why don't you go and loan to, you know, championship side or something like that? And he always said, Wait, I like it here, it's very nice. I was like, no. 
And he's safe for four years. Safe for four years, John. Did this, this see the lot out there? No, no, he's safe for four years. And, and every time he went back to Latvia, he comes here, Latvian. He, he, no, sorry, he comes a Latvian legend, fucking. And do you know what? It's an unbelievable way people's careers end up because he got a little bit of luck by getting his chance. He didn't really take it. But now, that, that step with Arsenal is now the Latvian president. No, it's not really. Fucking hell. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry. Don't be. Oh, fucking hell. <laughs> <no. laughs> I'm nodding. How many are get there? One, two, three. Fucking nodding. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck, <laughs> <laughs> there's a blinder, huh? I'm going to take you on tour with me. So about greening, what's this about putting a mirror up? Greening? Oh, thickest man you'll ever meet in your life. And I don't mean, I mean proper thick. Thick is not the word, right? How he's a coach, I do not know, and how he's done his badges. I've got really good mates with him, Mego signed him, and he come, he come and uh, he only lived right corner from me in something. So he's gone, oh, uh, Jeff, I'm moving in and all. I said, all right, no worries. He said, do you know anybody that can put pictures up and things? I said, yeah. I said, like, uh, my new missus has... Like stepdad, she, he can do all that. I said, oh, all right then. So uh, he said, well, I want to put this mirror up today. I said, oh, I said whatever. I said, I'll come round. So I'm round. So I tell him, he's got, oh, do you want a coffee? So I'm sat there. And the fireplace is there. And I'm, what, I'm looking, I'm thinking, he ain't gonna, please tell me he's not going to do this. So he's got this nail. He's got a mirror. The frame's about that big. All the way around, wooden frame. So I'm thinking... This daft fucker's not going to hit this nail through this wood. It's not going to... It's a mirror. It's not going to stay up. He only gets... He puts it up. He's, he's struggling. He's going like this and he's doing that. So he gets the nail, puts it on the mirror. Puts it on the mirror and just goes... <laughs> boom! Straight through and it goes... I've just gone... And I, I didn't know before, I've just gone... Oh, and it's just gone... <laughs> What are you doing? He went, I thought he'd have gone through it. <laughs> On gospel, gospel. He, he thinks there's two sons. We're, we're, in, Port, we're in Portugal pre-season. We've had the ice baths, trade really hard, had the ice baths, so all sat down doing a stretch and all that. And he, he's gone to me and like Paul Robinson and I think Andy Johnston as well. He's gone, talk this son really hot in here we're going yeah yeah we're thinking this is going somewhere because we, we like just throw little, <laughs> throw little things into making settings every day he said something stupid in Portugal something just weird so we sat there and he's gone no yeah he said it's it's really hot here I said I know it's boiling it's about 90 degrees he said yeah it's, it's different some to England isn't it we've, we've just all paused he went he said yeah there's one here and one in Portugal isn't there <laughs> We've gone, what? It's two sons. Now there's not two sons, John. There's one. He said, well, I come it's hotter here than it is in England. <laughs> that's, what he, that's what he thought. That's what he thought. You're he he absolutely brilliant. Really what a player, though. What a he was player. Class, wasn't he? What a player. Yeah, you couldn't get the ball off him in training. He were, he were brilliant. There's two sons. There's two Put a nail for a mirror scope I'll never look at him the same. And, no, he, and he, were like Del, he were like Del Boys. We were having a... And, and this is the same thing that happened on the same day. He's come round, he said, oh, come round and we'll... He went, worst thing about it, he's gone, we'll play a game, Trivial Pursuit or something. I'm thinking, <laughs> we can't play that, John. So he's gone, the girls will come round. So me, I think chaps were there, me, chaps, John and all the girls sat there. He's got a crate of beers and all that. Trivial Pursuit. And we're, we're drinking these beers, I'm thinking, look at all these beers, I've looked. It's not alcoholic. It's 
Sport non-alcoholic beers. He didn't know. He kept going. Oh, I, said, I can drink me. I can drink and all this non-alcoholic bets and all this. So I've gone, John. We're not. I'm not having this. We're gonna have to have a beer. Yeah, yeah. He says, uh, Anna. His missus called Anna. Anna, go and uh, go and get some beers. She went. Yeah, yeah. Where are the keys? He went. Uh, they're behind the poor favour. Behind the what? He went. Yeah, the smelly stuff on the uh, <laughs> on the windowsill, the pot puree. <laughs> <laughs> he just thought it was like it was just like Del Boy saying it. Do you know what I mean? that, but that's real right. But he's been serious. He went. No, I didn't really mean to say that. You know what I meant. You know what I meant. He like backtracks. He backtracks all the time. But really, really funny and a really nice lad. A proper nice lad. <laughs> oh. What look. happened with um, the Brighton? The, the third in the dressing room. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that was, um, again, that Wilf ended up hating that because he's a decent lad and he said it was wrong. But anyway, we, we turned up. Lost Glenn Murray in the first game in, in on the Monday. No, on the, I think it was Friday. He got injured. He was my highest goal scorer at the time. And then, so we had to go over there. We drew nil-nil. And uh, Gus Poye, a little bit up himself at the time, went, see you Monday, um, thinking that they were going to win. Um, so we turned up over there. I would get off first, go in the, in the dressing room and could smell it. So I went straight in the toilet and, fucking hell, there was three cubicles. The middle one was a door open and there was human shit, feces, all over, spread all over. The, someone had put some gloves on, done a fucking shite and spread it all up all over the floor in those like crisscross tiles non-slip ones and then up the side of the fucking toilet and all over the seat so it wasn't just a turd on the fucking floor I've done a proper someone had fucking wiped it in everywhere with gloves on so it was fucking humming so I said to the lads go straight out on the pitch what's going on I said take the nose we're fucking better than them we wouldn't have done that so anyway Charlie Oatway was waiting outside the fucking doors I go in, I come back out, and he's sort of smiling. I went, uh, is your ground manager here? I want to speak to your chairman and the manager of the fucking ground. So he's sort of face changed. I said, I'm fucking telling you now. I went, there was Sky TV in there. I said, get me the fucking, the, the ground manager right now, and get me your fucking chairman down here right now. So he's like, what the, you know what I mean? Fucking hell. So I'm not saying it was him. I'm just saying, this ain't fucking funny. So, the stadium manager, that's who I asked for, not a ground manager. Stadium manager come in, I said, come and look at this. I want it cleaned up immediately. And I said, can you take me out to talk to your chairman? Was it Tony Bloom then? Yeah. So anyway, she was trying to play it all down. I said, no, just, t- I'm telling you now, you should have had this locked up. What on earth, someone's let you down and I want your chairman to know. So anyway, I go up there, still calm. And uh, I said, Tony, I just want someone's let you down, mate. So I just want you to know, whatever happens tonight, we're better than you. We didn't do that in your dressing room when you came to our ground. He said, I promise you I'll get to the bottom of it. And I'll find out that's absolutely disgusting. So anyway, we, my lads are out there. It all gets cleaned up. They come back in. Gaffer, I said, look, fucking, they want us to get affected by it. I said, tell you, just told their chairman, we're better than you. So let's go out and fucking prove it. So anyway, the lads all right, yeah, so they go out for a warm-up. Will's fucking sat there. I said, what's the matter with you? Come on. He said, that's disgusting, Gaffer. I said, Wolf, we're better than them, aren't we? I said, so remember what we talk about. 
try and get some goals, try and fucking and go out and prove it, kid. I said, I want us to prove we're better than them. All right, Gaffer. Fucking diving header. He got inside his fullback. And then the other one, what a finish. He scored two. It's their fault, isn't it? They motivated him for me. Yeah. So, you know, at the end of the day, sometimes you can use, turn a situation around. I don't know who did it. Could have been fucking anybody, couldn't it? But they should have locked that dresser and make sure it didn't happen. So... God knows what happened. So had your groundsman been down, uh, your sorry, kit man been down and yeah. put all the kit out so kit was it, between him yeah. leaving and then you're yeah. actually getting there. Yeah, first they tried to say it was our fucking coach driver. Fucking piss off. <laughs> <laughs> fucking having a laugh. I said, this, someone's done this deliberately. They've like handed it around yeah. everywhere. Unbelievable. I've never seen anything like it. Didn't have the desired effect. No, surely Poyet's fuming with whoever done it. Because that's your yeah, team it, talk. It disrupted them, not us. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It really. The Germans involved and see that was my for me that was my brightest moment because they gave me the power to then put the emphasis back on them. Yeah, and I was right. We wouldn't have done that. No one should do that. No, yeah. that's so. It's not the chairman's fault. It's not Brighton's fault. It's somebody's fault. Whoever it was, and he yeah. promised me he would get to the bottom of it. Yeah, and he did. He sent me a bot- lovely bottle of wine saying, congratulations, thank you. And I found I've dealt with the situation and you were right. Yeah. They did let us down, but please don't think it was Brighton. I said, no, I don't. Well done. So I mentioned something about a taxi as well. Lose your keys, lose your car keys. Yeah, on so the uh, chairman, we'd... Last game of the season, won. We had the parade on the Sunday, but for some reason, he'd booked us into a, a casino in London called um, Less Ambassadors or something. So we went down there, we were having something to eat and stuff, and obviously things got very, very... You were fucking enjoying getting promoted. Yeah, we were enjoying getting promoted, and um, I remember... I, I, hadn't, I hadn't eaten since nine o'clock, so I was absolute shit faced. <laughs> right, so, yeah, so I was absolute, absolute shit faced. And in the end, they cut me off. They wouldn't let me drink anymore. I was up, I was robbing, the, I was up singing, out doing, doing all this song. There was like this, and, and I mean, like, if you're going at Last Ambassadors, you, I think you've got to have a million pounds in your bank to get in. But the chairman covered every one of us. Obviously, he had all the money. He was blowing his balls in. It, it, was, it was proper fancy thing. He'd like proper brass band and stuff there's me fucking robbing the mic <laughs> mind sweeping I remember running once and the, the, it was a mic on a wire <laughs> fell over and all that um, so anyway sat downstairs things got a little bit worse for wear um, putting this car driving home and just throwing up all there and everywhere it only turned out to be the chairman's Rolls Royce or <laughs> that I'd been threw up in and everything you were in. took back to Leicester so anyway woke up. you got sent back home in the chairman's role yeah from London to Leicester so all the lads were staying over and then getting a bus back but I was that bad that they just let's get him home <laughs> stick him in the roller not, not get him home so, get him to Leicester yeah, so get, get him to Leicester he can sleep and then just join us on the what's it called so anyway, I woke up fucking where am I was back in Leicester I was like <laughs> I missed couldn't, day here. couldn't obviously remember and I remember thinking where's my car keys where's my wallet and I'd left my jacket at the, the 
ambassadors club the casino so I was like trying to ring everyone listen somebody I need, need me jacket need me wallet I think I had my passport as well and we were going away in two days my passport was <laughs> there and I was like what's going on here so anyway got to the, the ground and stuff obviously walked in a bit sheepish and all that Every, all the lads were high five yeah, 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 expecting you know, the, a £50 solid yeah, charge the, the, from the German the, 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 chair, the, chair, <laughs> the, the Germans come in hugging me and all that and um, so anyway I was like he said leave it with me so we were on, on the open top bus going round the parade all of a sudden it's beeping fuck's that fucking taxi and he's swinging me jacket out the thing <laughs> the chairman had paid the taxi to bring me car me jacket from London up and he's pulled in in front of the bus I've had to get off get me jacket out pay him <laughs> you had to go pay back him? I had to, but he stopped the parade for me to go and get me jacket and I'd get back on the bus <laughs> yeah. 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 good work from the chairman yeah. though but uh, he, was, he, was, he was he was unbelievable Going back to that Palace Brighton game, we we arrived at the game for the second leg, and Brighton Palace ate each other a massive rivalry. I think they'd smashed us four 0 in the league early that season, and when we were pelters at the bus when we were driving off the fans, even though they beat us four 0 you yeah. think it'd be all right. But we turned up at the stadium, and the smell in the changing rooms—it was like someone had shit. <laughs> it was like it had been smeared all over the shower toilet areas. <laughs> And it was all over the floor, just brown swirls. Where oh, so we haven't we've heard the toilet. No, it wasn't just like a turd, like sat there. It was brown <coughs> swirls all over the floor, and the smell. So basically, it's day three in Magaluf in yeah. your hotel room. Isn't it? So <laughs> we, we heard we, we've heard about this from yeah. Ian Holloway. Yeah, and uh, it'll be interesting now. It'll be interesting to see uh, so, the version. So no, Holloway went off his head because obviously we've we've arrived fired up anyway, and then. The fact that we think someone's done this in the dressing room. Well, somebody has actually done yeah. it. You know, you know, <laughs> but he, you know, said, he said that he kicked. Like he said to go out on the pitch. Yeah, he said, he right, did. lads, get away, get yeah, away from he, it. But everyone's like, what the fuck? Like everyone's the smell. It was it in the back of your throat. It was horrible. And so he sent us out, and he demanded someone cleaned it. And Gus Poyer was coming, apologising, and I could see Gus Poyer worried because he was thinking this is going to fire them boys. I could see mm. he, he was he was unhappy about it, Gus Poyer, and the boys were fuming. And we we went into that game like thinking right you fuckers doing that kind of thing someone even if it was a member of staff or whatever so we went into it fired up and won two nil and knocked him out and afterwards it come out like they were doing an internal investigation and then yeah. it wasn't until a few days later the kit man pulled me like pulled a few of us he's like yeah dude it fucking was they've done that so basically the bus driver had took the kit man to put the kit out. They go early, don't they? They yeah. go an hour, two hours before you. So they they put the kit man had put the kit out and all that, and the kit man had gone back on the bus, and then the bus driver's gone back in to the ground. The bus driver shit himself. Our bus driver shit himself. Actually, mustn't have been made it to the toilet, but the change rooms haven't really been done yet. So there's no toilet rolls been put in. There's nothing, and he shit himself. So he's looking right. He don't want to be embarrassed to go to anyone. Don't even think there's anyone about. So he's used these blue hard paper towels that you get for drying your hands to try and clear it up with a bit of water and he's, he's panicking, probably trying to do it quick. quick. And he's shit all, like, he's, the bus driver shit himself <laughs> and tried to clean it up with these blue paper towels. So <laughs> like a red herring. He's not told anyone because he's thinking he's done a good job of cleaning it up. But we've walked in a couple of hours later when it's dried and, st- and like, what the... But not to be fair, like, 
no one was being sneaky like for us and Holloway and like defending everyone. We didn't know as this. far as the, you we were, were concerned. We were in the dark. There was only the bus driver knew. And I think when it all come out, he probably felt bad and consoled with it. Told to fucking that was me. I thought I'd cleared like, but he so can't, can't have thought he's cleared it up. No, it's no. smeared on fucking walls. It wasn't really on the walls. It was just the all the all floor. on the floor tiles. Yeah. Everything. So the kit man told us, and we were like, but by now the game had been and gone. You have like a two week break before the final, so we were like, <laughs> we're solving mysteries tonight. Yeah, so we, I'm not gonna like. So no, like it wasn't anyone from Palace pretend. Oh, let's like we've done it, but we'll pretend it was some brand. We thought obviously yeah. the Brighton. rivalry. So and the bus driver kept it to himself. But then after we won the final, like everyone's buzzing. Like we got the trophy on the bus. I've just because our bus driver's there. Like head down. And I've does, just, does the bus driver know that everybody knows or not? No, but I've just thought fuck it. So I we all got beers and I've just stood up and I've gone. Our bus driver, he shits where he wants. <laughs> and everyone's gone, he shits where he wants. And then Holloway stood up at the front like, oh, like he doesn't like it, do you know what I mean? But like that, and then it just got, everyone shut up, and it was like that. But yeah, that was what happened. And so it's, Can it's you actually, imagine the internal no, investigation at Brighton where they're like, none of them are cracking. None of them are cracking. They're not giving anybody up but, here. And like, from a, but I wanted obviously def- we didn't know like yeah. we, and like we only found out maybe a week later, eight nine days later, and I spoke I spoke to Will Buckley who was at Brighton at the time when I played him at Bolton since and he knew he was like bus driver or something won it like so the story had got round <laughs> football like it does it's a village in it but so yeah. you can see why he has, the bus driver hasn't said out because he'd be thinking yeah, yeah. Get embarrassed so, yeah. All, all, no doubt all fans are talking about it as well when it gets so so it's like I bus drivers so. had a bad madras the, the clue would have been that the bus driver's got his shirt his tie his jacket and a pair of fucking number 18 shorts on <laughs> at, the, at the dressing room <laughs> but he's obviously Did, did you just not bother them with the social events? Uh, there weren't many. No. There weren't many. No, there's always an age divide. You know, the senior lads do what they're doing, younger lads do what they're doing. But when you've got a club that's in central London, no one lives in central London. You know, everyone lives all around and about. Yeah. And because I did live in Acton, which was, you know, it's like centre west, there was no one there. So I had to make my own friends around about. Yeah. So I got a, a a girlfriend there, and I got introduced to her friends, and that's where my yeah. social circle came from. So was that dangerous though? Because they could obviously do what they wanted. A hundred percent dangerous. After that, I, I got along like. became friends with an actor, a, a former para, a radio producer, and a band manager. We all lived together in one house of debauchery. Oh dear! And as you can imagine, between I like the sound of this. Between, <laughs> Between that group of people, we could go pretty much anywhere at any time or add invites to anything at any time. And uh, and they could do that. You know, they could do the Monday through Sunday if they wanted to. And me, with the huge FOMO that I had, uh, I wanted to do it as well. Uh, and the, it crept crept into my daily life. I always had... The night before a match is like the Sabbath, you know. I'd never drink yeah. the night before a match, but even even I crossed that boundary at QPR, and that was because of my inability to say no 
to the people around me who didn't have the responsibilities that I had, <coughs> you know, on, on the a, next day. Was it a case of as well that you didn't want to upset, you didn't want to let them down by not going well, out? That, that's exactly it, you know. I, it's, I, I wanted to make sure. I thought that if I said no or didn't get in, in, engaged with them, they might not like me, yeah. they might not want to hang me, me anymore. Exactly. Out. Even though we lived together. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm like, oh, they're, they're, all, they're sneaking down the yeah. stairs. And, yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you something else that always happens as well, and it probably happens in every other workplace, but more so in a football club. Is kind of you get a label, you get a label as the joker, the drinker, the shagger, you know, and whoever you are, you kind of just two nail on the end, <laughs> and I can guarantee you, I'm not the shagger. <laughs> I can guarantee you that, but nothing. I'll be just sit and talk to the fat one, man. Except one for yeah. the team. You can't say that anymore. <laughs> Big girls need love too. Yeah, they do. Right? <laughs> yeah. If any, any larger ladies who listen, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm not looking too fucking great. The they, were say, they, were, they were saying exactly the same fucking thing. <laughs> You're trying to tell me I've got to send talk to the fat grey one. <laughs> you left me with the fat Philip Scorpio. <laughs> I, I'm not the only one. The only women play the two out of ten game. I want the fucking, I want the two. But I'm comfortable with it. Like, I'm comfortable with it. As long as I was sat there in a bar, I was fine. Oh, I'm anchored in. Friends with benefits. Oh, I'm totally, totally, uh, totally fine with a bit of two. I don't mind that at all. That's made him fucking chuckle there. I'm crying here. <laughs> Yes, right, mate. That, so you were out. So you, were you out every night? At one stage, yeah. Whilst yeah. you were injured, or well, is this while you were playing? Um, it's easy when you're injured. It started it? when I was injured, yeah. And then actually, you, you know, you know how you have this. Um, there, there is a, a level of dedication that's necessary in the in the game, even if you are loose with it and you get away with stuff. There, there is, you know, that there's a line that you can't cross. And I was facing. Retirement and, and walking with a stick, you know. So I, I, I went. What absolute, age is this? Sorry, this was twenty-one. Right. Uh, so I, I went nuts for a period of time. I was just on it. Uh, Dialer Crate in London company just deliver beer to your house anytime at night. Any, any time of day, twenty-four-seven. Uh, crate of Carlin, two bottles of Chablis, forty Marlboro Lights. Thank you very much. Were you just on your own? Just would you sit yeah, in your room on, and do on me on own? two bed, two bed flat in Acton? Just get absolutely battered, mate. And, um, Until you passed out, or, or did you just think? Did you get to the point where you thought? No, there was never. A, I've had enough. There were plenty of times that I passed out. Uh, it was the first time that I went into a bookies. Do you remember when bookies used to be seedy, smoky places? Your shopping uh, used to be like uh, stars, stars in the eyes. Yeah, yeah. 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 I'm gonna be skint. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be on my ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's when it started. But then there came a point where the physio was like, "Right, we're not sure if this is is gonna is gonna repair." So. You got six months, and if it doesn't, then you know that I think that's the end of your career. So I gave it for that all six months. I stopped smoking for that all six months. Oh. You know, I know it's a big <laughs> so, thing so for me. Do, do, do you know when you said you were in in your room just getting twatted on your own? Yeah. So did you think you had a problem then with drink, or if you could just say, right, I'm just going to stop, or did it just become a habit? As in, that's just what my day were like. Not, I'm not dependent on it, but that's just what my day were. Looking back now. 
I, I can see that that's where the problem was mm. because I was drinking because I was miserable and I was scared and I was afraid. Sat there at that time, I thought, I've got bugger all else to do. Yeah. You know, I, I'm on my own, 250 miles from home. Uh, I, I, I no longer have football. I, I, for, for two months, I couldn't leave my flat. I, I was actually, you know, housebound for two months. So it, it was all I could do. Mm. You know, there was bugger all else for me to do. But for that six months, when the, you got given that news about... He it said, it's this, it. yeah, shit Did you just knock it on the head? I knocked everything on the head. Uh, mate, I, I don't think I've ever trained so hard in all my life. Honestly, you know, doing them fr frog, bur like crouch burpee things or all the way, pitch lengths and back and lengths and back. We were sharing a, a training ground with uh, with London Wasps at the time. And I remember J Josh, Lucy and Lawrence Delalio said, mate, that was a session. And when they say that to you, mate, I felt proud. Yeah. I thought we, could, we used to come in at like, you know how it is, well, quarter to 10, 10 o'clock, getting ready for half 10 training. These guys had finished a session, they're going into the cafeteria and they're having salmon, mash, taters, steak. I'm like, uh, Cocoa Pops, please. <laughs> <laughs> what are you guys doing? You know, they were absolute animals. So yeah, to see the way that they worked and then they, you know, mm. come in, they commented on my session. I was buzzing, absolutely buzzing. I gave my all and, uh, and I got back and I got back to fitness and, uh, and that was, it was an awesome day. It, it it fell in tandem with my best school friend, my best mate from school coming down to London and we moved in together. So I got fit, he came down and we said, right, we're gonna have two weeks of celebration. <laughs> Two weeks of celebration. We're in my room. We're not moving out of my room. We're staying here. No, we, we moved in together. We got a bachelor pad on uh, number two, Beaver Grove. Oh. We, we didn't even go and visit it. <laughs> we saw it in the paper. We went, there it is. <laughs> that is it. Two one. Beaver Grove. <laughs> we're moving in. <laughs> we, 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 <laughs> we went and moved in and uh, we had two weeks of celebration. We're going to go out every day for two weeks. This was still in there in pre-season so I was like right I'll, I'm with you and I can do it because I know I'm going to be running my nuts off the next day by my man and then two weeks became three became four became five we get into the season and I start to bring back the day before a game as kind of you know holy um, but it didn't take too long for, for that to go again and yeah it was it was probably about five or six weeks into the season I think my memory is vague my memory's vague around specific dates and times, around specific t years in my life. You know, we lost a playoff final at QPR. Yeah. Uh, we lost a playoff final at Millennium Stadium, Cardiff. We got beat 1-0 by Cardiff in extra time. From that game, I can't remember the rest of that summer. <laughs> the, the entirety of that summer, I can't tell you where I went. I can't tell you who I was with. I, I, I could not identify a single day. Um, and that was all through me drinking to get away from feeling like a failure. Beating the getting beaten <clears> the playoff final, mate. But oh. would you, have, on the flip side of that, if you'd have won the playoff final, would it have been exactly the same? It's summer. highly possible. Mm. It's highly possible. Yeah, I don't think I'd have. Uh, looking back now, knowing what what I, I do about myself, I wouldn't have drank to the same intensity. Mm. You know, I, I I drank because I I was shit scared of of emotions. Mm. I was shit scared of feeling like less than. 
and and that all harps back to when I tried to kill myself when when I just got injured everything tied in with that mm. so whenever I felt anything that felt remotely like that like ah, like panic panic yeah. you know gotta run away gotta run away get me away from this get me away from this and that's what I did so you can imagine losing losing a game of that magnitude and to put it in context the following summer we got promoted automatically and I didn't touch a drop and I'd only just been out the clinic and, and sober like four months you know and I was still able to have that go on the bus from Sheffield we, we got promoted at Chef Wednesday all the way down to London have uh, two parties have a parade round White City uh, we've you know what it's like when you you have a promotion you've got bins of beer on the coach mm. and everyone's da 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 and I was just sat with me Hoyden Monterey cigar with a driver down the front <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'll have a large cognac, please, Michael. Uh, no, I won't, actually. Uh, I'll, I'll just have this cigar. You know, so conversely, thinking about it, no, I don't think I would have drank to the same intensity yeah. because that was all about masking failure, whereas enjoying success is different. Yeah. Mm. That's mad. It is, uh, Full summer, not knowing... If, Not you a clue. Left, if you left the country or uh, a couple of times we did uh, my friend and I we, we <laughs> is this the same yeah, housemate yeah we used to go out with our passports just in case and we just read uh, Luke Reinhardt the Dice Man have you read it no oh it changed my life for two weeks mate is that but, the look where you, you go by the dice go by the dice see what happens just see yeah. 12 options bang off roll the go. dice whenever it lands on that's what you do that's what you do oh Should mate do that. seven is Vegas. Yeah. Yeah. Boom. Three gone. is Marbella. Yeah. Uh, two is uh, go and break that window. Uh, a double twelve is drink twelve pints back to back within within three minutes. Do just like yeah, come on, let's do it. Boom. <laughs> Number one, we'll stay in. <laughs> Netflix and chill. <laughs> Roll again. Roll again. <laughs> That's, a, that's not a one man. <laughs> they waited them dice. They waited. <laughs> yeah. So, so you actually did that, that, that. You played for two weeks that game. Uh, I, I can't remember how long we played it. I know that's that, that's how it started, uh, and that whole summer's gone, mate. Was there a point? Obviously, you you've been captain, and you're almost expected to be your Tony Adams get yeah. round. And in theory, you're the one that needs. You're the one that needs an arm yeah. around your shoulder. Maybe. And nobody, that, that's a stress in itself. Nobody ever knew it. Now, this is where another dynamic comes in. Yeah, uh, I don't know if you ever felt this in, in your career. There are so many times before I was diagnosed and before I, I was working on myself that um, I had this, it was like a charlatan complex. You know, I felt like a massive fraud. So I would go in and I would be the leader and I would go and do all those things that are necessary and I'd come away feeling like an absolute fraud like oh if you only knew oh my gosh I need this oh da da and then that would be the trigger for me to go and do something so that I'm not feeling like that and get away from that until it passes and then I'll go in again the next day and stick the mask on must have been awful mate yeah, how, how do you know? How do you know something's awful when it just is, when it's your life? That's just you. It's just your it's life, just you know. And you think norm, you think everyone else thinks like you do, and everyone else is going through what you are. Um, but it's only like when I, I can step aside and look back, and I think, wow, bloody Nora, I, I did what I did 
despite all the shit that I lived with, you know. Our yeah. that's what I was going to end on. The fact that you had a career at the level that you had it for so long is fucking remarkable. Really, mm. I'm really proud, mate. I'm really proud now. Be, of, that is, of it's actually done. remarkable. Mm. Cheers, fella. Thank you. Thank you. It, it, it is. I mean, mm. like, if, if it could have been better. Mm-hmm. Undoubtedly. I, I, no, but not that. It could have been better in, in, but obviously if you've got an illness as such, it's not really your fault. I mean, it's out of your control. Mine could have been better, but I chose to go out as much as I did. I chose to live my life how I did. Not through an addiction or whatever, just through me wanting to live my life like that. Mm. Where you, it's a little bit out of your control. There are portions of it. If I'd have, if we'd have understood it better, I could have brought a lot more of it under my control. Mm. Yeah. You're right. How are we doing? Very Gentlemen. good. You, you've, you've come looking like a new man. He's looking Thank magnificent, you. isn't he? I feel magnificent. What's, yeah. Yeah. What's I've the got secret? A spring in my step. Ten years younger, do you reckon? Ten? Let's not get carried away. About, yeah, I would say about four days younger than the last time I saw you. I wouldn't say ten fucking years. Freshly shaven. Look at that smooth as a baby's bum. Did you get it for Christmas? Oh, no, 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 no. I got on them emails. I got Arifat sort me out. Email interception again, was it? Oh, email interception. Got me Got me address straight in for uh, a sample pack from Harry's. I got the free free trial set. Including a razor handle, five blades, cartridge, foam shaving gel, and a travel blade cover. Oh God! Now we're all talking. this was a trial. Yeah, all that. All that is a free trial. A free trial. There's definitely a but. What's the but? Oh, there's no but. So you're trying to tell me that I get in contact with Aris? Yeah. Right, and, and I give them my uh, particulars, and they're going to send me all that gear. All that gear. All you're going to do is pay the three pound ninety-five postage. Well. I'm not. I'm not going to bring the specific uh, other company who's into razors up, but I'm sure for three blades it's about a tenner in it. Expensive now. Exactly. Do you know who Harrys are? Jeff and Andy started Harrys over the pond. They're both cleanly shaven. They were two ordinary guys. Well, you'd like to think so, wouldn't you? Yeah. Two ordinary guys who were fed up with paying too much for the blades. I've just exactly what I've just said. So they started Aris to fix the problem. I tell you what, if you, I suggest going on the website and looking at the, the proper stand-up guys, Jeff and Andy. Yeah? Oh, Good lads. Basically, they decided, what, right, they're paying over the odds for blades when, they're, when they need a, need a shave, dinner party, whatever they're going to, just want to look the part. So they decided, well, we'll manufacture our own, top quality, German engineering, and uh, we'll put them out there, take less profit, but provide a better surface. I, Fair, I like they, Jeff and Andy. The they, top dollar blokes, aren't they? They said, "Oh, I like what you done there with the American twist." Uh, that, that, that's that's incredible, really, isn't it? Yeah. Top quality blades for half the price of the major brands. Sold. The proof's in the pudding as well. Look at look at him. Look at it. Look yeah. at that. Oh, they were cat calls, whistles, and everything. When I came in here tonight. Getting carried away. Again, old... <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I, I, I can guarantee you. <laughs> yes. There was not one. Cheeky. When you in here. They're good, but they're not that good, are they? Yeah. Are you doing sweet tarts? <laughs> I'll get yeah, all well, that. Yeah, I tell you what I can do for that tash, love. <laughs> <laughs> we have re- five minutes of your time. We are recording in Barnsley. I can get rid of that tash for you. <laughs> no, no problem at all. So all you've got to do, get over to uh, harrys.com slash kosh and uh, order your sample kit. Only £3.95 for the postage and it'll be on your doorstep. 
You get a weighted ergonomic handle, five precision engineered blades with lubricant strip and a trimmer blade of all sorts. It's Whistle. a bit under my nose that I struggle with. Oh, Honestly, I know you're going to laugh. Because you don't see I just it. Can't, <laughs> <laughs> I just can't get a, on there, You need a Black & Decker, not Harry's. <laughs> You could do Alan Titsmas coming and knocking top off that, don't you? <laughs> you also get a rich lathered shaving gel. For what? Three ninety five and a travel blade cover. And a what? A travel blade cover. It's value, isn't it? It's about it's value. Three pound ninety five postage. www.harrys.com/slash/kosh. Get on there. Put your information in. Bish bash bosh. Sign me up. <laughs> I've gone through football like that. I've got clubs promoting from the championship. Boom, boom, boom. Get into Premier League. It's horse. Oh, fuck off. You're not good enough. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. See Back down at championship. But that's that's that. I was a good championship player. I played in Premier League. Don't get me wrong. And I was blessed to play in the Premier League. But I was always a good championship player. And I did well in the championship. But as long as you got your check to leave, exactly. Everyone's and happy. I just went. I, it, it won't really about the money. I won't give me my money. And I'll go. I'll go and find something else to do. Uh, and he went, no, 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 no. And they, I must have said it four or five times. No, I want you here. I want this. I want that. So then we've gone down to training. I'm, I'm, my blood's boiling. I'm starting going, I'm going to kill the I'm going to kill the car. I don't know when, but I'm going to kill it. <laughs> hey, I was just going, like steam. So rang Mickey up because I'm not doing anything. So I've got my phone in my pocket, which you're not supposed to have, but I got my phone in my pocket. I rang him up and I went, Mickey. So this is, he went, you're joking. He went, don't hit him. You hit him, you're out of football for good. I said, I know. I said, but look what he's done. I want to. I, want just, to I said, I want, I said, I want to kill him. <laughs> I know you do. He said, but don't do it. So uh, we've got on the bus. Ed has, Ed has food upstairs and all that. Got on the bus, and you know the card tables at the front. All the all the players are at the back. I'm still at the front. He's got his laptop here. He's got laminated sheets. And for set players, you know, you've either got to pick number five up or number six. Blah, blah, blah. Follow him everywhere you go. He's got 15 of these sheets. If he comes off, you're doing that. If he's doing that. So it was too complicated for the league two players. Mm. They didn't have a fucking clue what they were doing. So going back to it, sat he's on his laptop and I'm just, I'm physios inside him. I'm looking at him like that. I went, oh, fuck it. He's getting it. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> My head had just gone. So it had just gone. And I mean gone, like it did on field. And I'm just looking at him, staring at him like that. And I just went, I went, oh, you, you can't. I says, have you lied about me? And he went, no, no, what? He said, I said, did you say I could have the day off on Thursday? He went, yeah, yeah, why? I went, boom. What's that? Bang. And he went, uh, uh. So I just grabbed, I jumped straight over, grabbed him and just pulled him down the thing and I just went, boom, boom. Like that. And he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm sorry, Mickey, I, can't, I had to do it. I had to do it. So this happened and now I've gone, and the worst thing about it, I've, I, I, I just went into a rant. And when you get, when you get angry, you, sometimes you don't know what you're saying. And I did mention, I'd got an house with a pool at the time, and I did mention a swimming pool and saying, you'll never get one or something like that. <laughs> Which one? It's bang out of because I'm not like that. I'm not big head or anything like that. But I just meant, and then I mentioned Match of the Day. I said, have you ever been on Match of the Day? Like that, <laughs> just kidding him. In front of all the lads, all the lads are just sat there going, all like that. And then halfway down, I said, listen, you better get off the bus. If you don't get off the bus, I will kill you. And I mean it, you're getting it off me. So he's gone, uh, bus driver, will you just pull up? <laughs> so he's pulled up on the hard shoulder, just, just before the services. He's got his suit carrier. 
got off the bus, got it off his shoulder, got his bag like that. He took his the, laminated sheets. The, oh, the lock, the lock, the laptop. <laughs> and he nicked the laptop if he wouldn't tell that. So he's walking down the yard, shoulder. Oh, the lads are banging on the bus going, cheerio, cheerio. <laughs> like that. They'd got no respect for him at all. He'd do his team talks and they'd go and, go and have a shit, they'd walk out, they'd just, they just won't listen to him. Would not listen to him. When he was talking, they'd be going, all right, mate, what are we doing tonight? We're having a beer and all that. While he's doing his team talk. He wouldn't bollock anyone. He wouldn't, he wouldn't bollock anyone. He was supposed to be his big hard Chef United centre half and all this, and he were nothing. He, he, he were ridiculous. I can remember a training session when uh, the lads were, were in like a possession game. They'd got eggs in the pocket and they're running past each other, egging people. <laughs> <laughs> you asking in the port line? Like, I'm just stood there laughing, and physio's gone. Are you going to say out? Oh, um, nah. I said, don't let me say out anyway. Yeah. Team talks. So I said, why should I? Why should I? So. <laughs> egging he, egging. I've never seen it ever in my life. I'm thinking he just lo- lost total discipline and total respect. They weren't interested in him at all. It, they never played five a side. Some, don't get me wrong, some of his sessions were brilliant. You watched them and went, wow, that works, kind of thing. Do you know what I mean? Some shooting drills that I'd never seen and different things, but it were all on. He wanted us to play like Barcelona. We were Port Vale in League Two. And Mickey always said, he said, Get them as fit as you can. Mm. League two and one place. Don't get me wrong, they've got to play football, but the fitter they are, the better they'll be. And that's what you've got to do at that level. So we're going down the uh, we're going down the M6. <laughs> and I thought, I thought, fucking hell, I'm gonna to have to phone chairman here. So he's off. <laughs> no, he's gone. He's gone. He's, he's gone. He's, he's, gone. he's, <laughs> in, he's in the services. He's in the taxi. He's in the service of an Acosta. He must have been. Who do you think he's called? Like, imagine trying to explain what's happened to someone. I ain't got a clue. But don't forget, he's the manager. I'm the assistant. Yeah. It should be me that got off, not him. So I'm, <laughs> I'm thinking, I'm looking at my phone thinking, do I, do I. So I, I think I text Mickey first. I went, I've only done it. <laughs> and he went, I've heard. It's on Sky Sports. And what do you mean? So as soon as he's put, it's on Sky Sports, chairman's rang me. He's gone, what you done? I've gone, well, uh, Mr. Chairman. Uh, <laughs> and I didn't say anything. I said, oh, well, we just did a, a, bit of, a, a bit of set two and all that. He said, uh, were there any violence? I went, nah, 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 nah. I said, we're just, just talking and all that. I said, well, a lot of swearing and that. I went, yeah, of course there's going to be swearing. All right, he said, uh, you need to get off the bus. So I had to get off the bus at Junction 6. <laughs> the Armada pub, which... I don't know if you know this area, but Villa and Blues hate each other with a vengeance. It's like Celtic and Rangers. I've got off the bus and thought, oh, I need a pint. So I've walked into this pub and it's just full of Villa. <laughs> and on Sky Sports, it's gone bus gate, something, <laughs> horsefield. And I'm sat there at the bar drinking a pint going, oh my God. So that's how it happened. So the, the chairman just went, we're going to have to talk. We're going to have to speak. So he said, just come off and I'll speak to you Monday. So they ended up, I think, I think all, do you know something? I think they ended up winning or they were drawing one apiece, which killed me. Did he get to game then? He had to go to game, yeah. So he yeah, to taxi. But I, I'm, no word will lie, I never got off my phone. This is a half one, quarter two. I never got off my phone until about half twelve at night. Just people ringing you? Just constantly ringing me, not just press. Journalists and... Ev- everybody, just me mates, he went, what's gone off? <laughs> You've got to have done somewhere. <laughs> we know what you're like and all this, but that's how it happened. But it's like I said, he's only one of the only people that I can't stand in football. And he said, "You know what, son?" He said, "You could break my record." And I, I looked up, "What? What record, Jim?" He went, "My club record, forty-six goals." He said, "You carry on like this." And I was like, 
kidding. You're joking. Jimmy, absolutely <laughs> joking. Jimmy Greaves said yeah, this. He said it, and that was that was that after ten games, and it, and obviously I broke it in the, the say semi-finals. I broke the record, and then forty-nine. Yeah, forty-nine's a yeah. fucking offer. Who was the nearest pursuer? Who was second on the uh, Russia? I think <laughs> it's mad, isn't it? Russia. <laughs> that dickhead from uh, Liverpool with Tash <laughs> yeah he was he was some goal scorer he really was but, <laughs> who was the best player you played with Maradona that's not on the notice thanks for the memories no you have to read the book because it is it was Ozzy's testimonial we're playing Inter Milan at White Hart Lane on a Monday night so he plays in Italy for Napoli on the Sunday so everybody's going and Ozzy's like it's sort of rumoured that he's going to come and play and they're going no he's not fucking coming he's not he's he's played he's the best player in the world he's not going to play Monday night honestly White Hart Lane is rammed absolutely rammed is that because it was Ozzy's Thing or yeah, it, no, it was Aussie definitely because it. No, it was Aussie. Even if, yeah, the, they, even if they loved him, he, yeah. you know, idolised him, absolutely fantastic. So with that, door Jesse from door comes, he, he walks. It's, and when I say this little bloke, <laughs> Maradona, right? And you know, you you've been in dressing room, you know what Les are, and Les are like, fucking hell. Some, sometimes there's people comes in the dressing room and you're like, yeah. Jesus. Yeah. yeah. So he walks in, great lad, right? talking saying hello to everybody but so with that half an hour before the game Ozzy and he's English which he's still the same now he's broken in he says uh, anyone uh, uh, boots uh, six and a half so lads are looking at what Diego needs a pair of boots <laughs> <laughs> right? it's, it's, it's fucking boots best player in the world <laughs> so I've got two pairs of boots six and a half I'm six and a half sorry. so Diego I've got a new pair which I've worn one night trying to break him in and the pair I've worn all season so he comes over so I said Diego please be my guest so I give him the new pair of boots so he, he went no 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 he wants it he wants it <laughs> <laughs> I can't even oh, tell her I know that old man fucking Maradona to wear your boots <laughs> <Don't worry. Right? laughs> eventually I persuade him and Ozzy and he wears the new ones he wears the boots so he wears my boots did he have a shocker? no honestly him and Hod and I, you know, you're playing a game, and I was, I, it was, the, I would say, probably as a professional, it was one of the only games I was a spectator. I'm, I'm playing the game, but I'm like, fuck's sake, give him the ball, give him the ball. And they, you know, when you say it was a testimonial, the, the, they always start slow, don't they? Does it get to the point where it got quite competitive? Well, it did, because we played Milan, Inter, and they obviously, Maradona, Napoli, so they, there was, and they, the Italian boys were not. It was no. It was no uh, testimony. No friend. Yeah, they wanted to kick him, like. Right, but him and Diego and Glenn were playing on another planet. Honestly, just to see them two together. Right, and it was like you literally. If you got the ball, you would like fucking. There you go. go yeah. on. What can you do what? now? What can you Sit do? Back. Honestly, it was. He was. They were both. You. They were. They were both on another level. And it was it was incredible, absolutely incredible. So you know, uh, did you get your boots back? I did get my boots back, and I did get them signed. Got them yes. signed. You still got them? Well, everybody asked that, and they well, go, "Have you still got them?" Yeah. What, what, what are you going to do with them? I said, 
I've got a pension. We needed a proper old school centre half, and Killer was that. And Killer set the tone. Uh, we stayed in the championship. Then the following season, the year we got promoted, Killer was just—he was the man. You know, everyone looked up to him, and everything went through him. And was he good as well? Oh, he was. Uh, he could do his job. Yeah, had it, it and kick it. It was what he done. What it said on the tin, and he was a leader. You know what it's like. Old school lads. We talk about it now. There's not many leaders in the no. game. There's not many. But Brian was a leader, and he was. He communicated, and he. He knew. He's like the an extension of the manager. He knew which lads needed a kick up the backside, and ones who needed a cuddle. He got to know them quite quickly, you yeah. know. So you didn't chop his barnet off, did you? No, no. I got the blame. <laughs> did you? <laughs> I did. Would you? Uh, would you? Would you? It was, in, it was in Ayanapa. We had end of season trip after we got promoted. Good uh, choice, by the way. I know. And me, Steve Watson, and Alan Thompson. It, it was through the day. I'd gone to the square, a few beers, bought some scissors. No, no. We came back to the apartment where we were, and all the lads were there. And the senior lads were David Kelly, we had Barry Venison, Paul Bracewell, um, obviously Killer, and. Um, he was. He was obviously had. Had a few to drink in the afternoon, and he was. Uh, he was sleeping, and just looked and seen a wine glass on the table. It had his hair in, and uh, as I sat down, I remember. I can't remember. I think it might have been Barry Venison said, "What you done?" And I'm like, "What?" He said, "Cut his hair off." <laughs> and me, me, Steve Watson, Tomo start running away. So we're not, like, then we got like halfway back to the square now, and I says, "Whoa, hold on." Stop! I says, "Never done anything." <laughs> wrong place at the wrong time. Running away, man. Loaded gun. So we like come back. We're like, we we didn't even, we didn't even hear. I did run away. I did hear. Yeah. Grown so, men running away. So it was like, and obviously when it woke up, there was uh, there was a few bodies getting. So did he approach around. you? No, no. I think he realised straight away. He knew it wasn't uh, it wasn't us, like no chance. <laughs> Who got, somebody got a dig, didn't they? Was oh, it the was, coach or, the, uh, or John Murray? The the was the youth development officer because he knocked on Killer's door because Killer was upset, and I think he'd been thinking it was this lad called John Murray. And John Murray was trying to say, "Well, I'll, if I need to sort it out with the fisty cuffs, I will," because I, I used to be a beer. <laughs> <laughs> and as he opened the door, Killer just put him straight over the fence. But it was the greatest part I was. I used to be a bailing. His fists. <laughs> As if that was going to get him out of trouble. <laughs> so, a couple of flights of stairs later, he wasn't looking great. <laughs> well, that was him done, wasn't it? Kill Klein. Yeah. He, said he, just, he just didn't come back. He said he, he couldn't forget about it. He found it hard to, to get rid of it, so he wasn't the same personality. Seen him since, like, and being a few dudes and great, still a great bloke. He had a spell living on a barge, didn't he? Down in Wiltshire and all that. He's strange, like quirky character. Aye. Remember when on a trip to Marbella? First time I ever went there in 1992 with Kevin, because Kevin had lived there, hadn't he? Kevin Keegan. That's where he come back from to take the job, so he knew the place. And as a pre-season, uh, mid-season break, we went over there. And uh, Brian was like, not like the rest who were coming training with jeans or a tracksuit. Brian was like. Try to be like a bit smart, always have a pair of brogues on, a pair of corduroy trousers, <laughs> and a jump bar and nice leather jacket. And he bought this nice leather jacket, like for the trip with flute on Heathrow. And then 
come over the tannoy last call for Brian Kilclain and Derek Fizakli was our first team coach here with the Spons. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Apparently they were running like to get to the board, the plane, and he, he got this brand new leather on and the pocket got caught on the uh, handle of the staircase and just ripped it. Big rip. So as he gets on, like the gap was not too pleased because they were like nearly late. So he's got this big rip and this brand new leather. She had, a, she had some, a few more beers on the flight. And remember, we got off the bus to go into the hotel and as he stepped off the bus, his heel hit the step of the bus and his heel come up his step. <laughs> come, up, come up his shoe. So he's walking into the hotel, not only with like one heel on, so he's got like a bit of a limp and the jacket's ripped. And you're thinking, he's like a tramp. But no one's like brave enough to say like, and he was, But he was obviously that high-eyed he was like he didn't realise that like his shoes <laughs> lost the heel and that I don't think I don't think I've ever, I'd ever think to buy a leather jacket to go to Marbella mm. Mm. strange choice of- it was October mate oh, it, was cool. <laughs> it was cool when we got there but it didn't matter we still had good party night well five sides in training was the team who got in before four and the team that got against the team who got in after four <laughs> and I'm a, I'm a lightweight so I was always in the team that got in before four <laughs> must have been class though growing up well, the young, like you say, young lads. But I actually played because I fucking love playing football. You know, when you wake up in the morning and you're going to play at Anfield or you're going to play at Old Trafford, it was never about the fucking money for me. So all of it was the banter, the fun, enjoyment. So what I tried to do with the lads is I tried to show them. Right, I said to him, if you don't, my missus will tell you now. She come out, I took him out with my lass, right? And I took him out on a Saturday night after we played, got more bollocks, got me in on Sunday morning and I was at the front of the running. I said, if you're going to fucking booze, you fucking play. That's how I was brought up with mm. Brian Robson. If you can't booze, then don't fucking do it if you can't fucking mm. play. Yeah. So I tried to show him that, you know, at 38, it's fun. This is fun, coming to training, yeah. coming with a smile, enjoy it, have a bit of banter, and fucking have the crack, because that's what it was all about. That's how I was brought up with Brian, with Cyril, with Remy, with all of these, that's how I started. So that's how I wanted the boys to have, I, I talked to them all, I got them all in, I tried to help them about, you know, I was lucky that I had good advice, you know, I, I, invested in property, invested in pension scheme. Before I went to, you know, Leeds United, before I earned fucking big money, I was already wealthy from all the stuff. So I tried to get them to do that, not buy the big cars. Yeah. Try, you know, Ali Gibb will tell you, he started buying houses, because I told him, fuck the Range Rovers and all that. I used to, I drove a Range Rover when I had 100 grand in the bank. When I didn't have 100 grand, I drove a Ford, Ford, Ford Escort. When I was playing for England, I used to turn up and, 
I had Carlton Palmer written on the side of a Ford Exile and dro- and park it next to Wrighty's Bentley. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> well, I didn't give a fuck because it weren't about that. When I could have dropped the Ford to drive a Bentley, I fucking had a Bentley. <laughs> That's it. But them days was about building, so I tried to teach the boys all the good lessons that I was taught. And the most important thing is when you play football is fucking enjoy it. When you wake up in the morning, mm. you know, you're going to play at Old Trafford, you're going to play fucking... And when, when I lost that, I, I, I called it quits. Not that I couldn't play anymore. When I went to Stockport, I had two years left on my contract at Coventry. I went to the chairman, I said, you keep a year's money, give me a year's money, I'll fuck off. That was me done. I don't know when I was getting divorced at that time, I probably carried on. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't know that at the time. <laughs> but no, and so that's what I tried. So it's great when I hear Wilbos say what he say, because I'm pleased that they enjoyed it. And I hope they carried that in, on into their careers and into their lives about enjoying you know because you're blessed to play football from a kid like I'm a, I come from a working class background my dad mom and dad come from Jamaica in the early 50s right so I've come from nothing to go on to play for England and do that fuck me Mad not bad is it? it hey so all the people who give me stick carry on giving me fucking stick because <laughs> you ain't been anywhere near what I've fucking done <laughs> It's fucking, you know, when people say to me, you're the worst player to play for England. Fucking worst player, correct, but I did. (laughs) (laughs) You'd love to be the worst player to ever play for England. Exactly. (laughs) And these people who come up with these these great, you know, antidotes and try and give you stick, never played the game. If somebody like Gary Mack or, God rest his soul, Ray Wilkins or somebody like that said that, then I'd take it on board. For me, I'm not in this world to be liked. I'm in this world to be respected. And as long as people respected what I did, people I worked with, my family and whatever, that's all that matters. The rest of the people don't. I don't give a shit about it, to be honest with you. I never have done. I never will do. My life, my life is... I'll be honest with you. It's like Lucy said to me the other day. She said, how are you so positive? Right? I said, because there's too many knockers out there in the world. You look at Anthony Joshua, I'll give you this for instance. It's the best thing since sliced bread. He's fucking done brilliant for this country at a time when the country was down. Not just about boxing, he lift the country, the Green Hill disaster, everything. But he loses one fight and every fucking, every fucking jumps, <laughs> jumps on him. He's a fraud. Uh, everybody yeah, shit, jumps. He's <laughs> shit, he's fucking useless. And nobody thought he would regain the title. I fucking had five grand on him at five to fucking two. I knew he'd win all day fucking long. But now it's, oh, because Ruiz wasn't fit. Yes, he was fucking fit. He got beat by the better man. Give him his fucking dues. Yeah. We, don't, we don't do it in this country. We all want to do is get a convenient scapegoat. And I was always a convenient scapegoat. But it was fine by me. I didn't give a shit. I drove a Bentley, lived a million, in a million pound house. I can do whatever the fuck I want to do in my life. <laughs> <laughs> so when they get, when they give me the racist one, I go right. Say what you like. I fly one A and two A. That's what I do. <laughs> so you can call me the black bastard. You can call me whatever you want to do. I fly one A and two A. And so when I when I hear about all these people, oh, you're going to walk off the pitch. Fuck you. You can call me black this, black this. I, I've I've been abused 
bananas thrown on the pitch at West Ham. I remember when uh, John Barnes was on TV years ago, and you asked my missus, I did thing with BBC, everybody said I was ridiculing black people. What? Because I said, fuck them, I'll pick the banana up and eat it, fuck them. And I said, I'll, I'll swing around the pitch all afternoon, get man of the match, beat you, get in my car and fuck off. <laughs> I am walking off the pitch. My dad, when he came over here, right, he had their... Uh, black canteens, white canteens, right? He didn't have a choice. He had to fucking work. He had to go through it. When he went to the pictures with my mum, he had to go black entrance, white entrance. He didn't have a choice. So I earn a lot of money. Why am I going to walk off the pitch? Because of ignorant people. Let the authorities do something about it. Still to this day, and how long have I been retired? Now. And it still won't change. Everybody goes, it's fucking brilliant now. It's better now. It's not better now. There's more black players. So what I say, like I've said to my four kids, fucking make your mark, right? Once you make your mark, it then transcends. So if you're racist, you got, I'll give you, a, 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 like I said to my kids, if, if somebody goes to a dentist and the, and the dentist is black and you've got a toothache, right? What are you going to fucking do? Oh, I'm not going to that dentist there. So you go to the next one. It's a woman dentist. What are you going to do there? Next one's an Indian. What are you going to do there? Eventually, you've got to get your fucking tooth done, haven't you? Because it fucking hurts. <laughs> so the key is be, be fucking successful. No excuses. No excuses. And I said to my kids, uh, you know, the other day, I mean, Trevor Sinclair rang me about two weeks ago, three weeks ago. He said, Carlton, did you realise you were the 25th black player to play for your country I said fuck you now and the 141st player black or white to play for England so if it held true then that if you were good enough then then what's the difference now black or white fat but whatever you, you, you can succeed if you're good enough yeah. let the authorities deal with what they're going to deal with if not we get on be strong you know, but Bolatelli walking off the football pitch because he said he's been racially abused. Sorry, you've went for Inter Milan, AC Milan, who play in the same stadium. You're going to get fucking abused. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like Scalzi, if I played against Man United, I'd call him a ginger cunt. You know, if I, more fool me if I'm going to be, a, let somebody call me a black bastard and, and get myself sent off. I have to do better than that, I'll just go rich black bastard. <laughs> I used to ring Big Ron Atkinson up on a Sunday and I used to ring him up when I was fucking having a few beers sat in the garden. I used to ring him up and say, fucking hell, Gaffer, how times have changed. I said, I'm watching all these white guys cut me lawn. I've got the white, I've got the white guys cleaning my cars and the, and the nannies in the house and they're all fucking white. Put the phone down. <laughs> Fuck him. Because you got a bit of stick for, for, for backing Ron Atkinson. BBC told me if I backed him, that they wouldn't, I wouldn't get any more work. And I didn't, but fuck them. Do you know what? I've known Ron Atkinson since I was 14 years of age. He hasn't got a racist bone in his body, yeah. right? He made a racist comment, right? But fuck me, you know, in, in, in the confines of our own house, and we switched the mic off, we'd all be guilty of that. He's not a fucking racist, and they hung him out to dry. They were looking yeah. for a scapegoat. It was the Desai moment, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. He was in the studio, he left his mic off. Yeah, yeah. yeah. In, in Dubai. And yeah. somebody stitched him up for fuck all money. And do you know the only person who never said anything was Marseille Desai? Because yeah. he fucking knew. Ron tried to sign him four times for Man United. So he knew. Ron's a bit like, 
old school love thy neighbour type of yeah, banter. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. He, he, he ain't got a raised his bone in his body. And do you know what upset me? Is players that he, like, don't get me wrong. Ron would sign a player if he was fucking purple, if he could fucking play, <laughs> right? But players who he looked after, Dwight York became a multi, multi-millionaire and never stuck up for Big Ron. He brought Dwight from a pre-season trip in Trinidad and Tobago, brought him over to the UK, lived in his house with him and Maggie, and he never stuck up for Ron. The reason he got the ump is because he didn't play in the cup final and he weren't fucking fit to play. It's got nothing to do whether he's black. And when at 70th birthday party, there was no other black player at his fucking party because they all fucking let him down. Every single one of them. John Fashionu, when he signed him at Villa, went to the court case to fucking stand up for him, right? And, and now he's slagging big runoff. Yeah. Ian Wright, people like that. Well, so who, who stuck up for him? Uh, John Fashion, who did uh, during the court case, stuck up for Ron. No, no, jo- Ron went to John Fashion, who's court case, right. you know, the one when they were all fucking guilty right. for fucking stripping yeah. the ball out the air and match sin and all that. Yeah. And they never stood up for him. Yeah. So you know, you know, it, listen, if I said to you, I'm going to kill you, right? I'm like, you might be able to arrest me on saying something, but you can't fucking charge me and put to prison if I didn't fucking do it, right? So somebody making a comment doesn't make him a racist you've got to know the man and know what he's about mm. and like I said think, to everybody sorry do you think the uh, them threats from the media of listen if you back him you won't get any work went a long way with other other lads not backing him oh 100% people looked after themselves yeah. they fucking did they all and even still do today in the media you look at the people who are on the media and the BBC my book's out now and the B, they they you read my book you make your own decision other people are saying but they don't back it because I fucking slagged the BBC off in there because that's the fucking biggest racist institute of the fucking lot right but hey listen and I'm not slagging people off we've all got families we've all got people to look after and this that and the other but I made my dad a promise I said when I'm in a position that I don't need the fuckers anymore I will say and do the right things and that's what I have done it cost me I would have had 70 England caps but because I spoke out and did what I did at the time, you then become a problem. Yeah. But you, you, it's, it's again with the media. You look at Gareth Southgate. Everybody thinks he's done a magnificent job. Has he really? <laughs> <laughs> tell me, tell me the World Cup, right? But this is media's perception. And I'm not having a pop at Gareth. I think he's a lovely bloke. But how do you get 70 fucking England caps you don't play for a top 14? He's a, he's a good player. But he's not, he's says, not. Says the right things at the right times. Correct. <laughs> Fucking look at the Raheem Sterling thing, blah, 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 mm. go to the media. If that was a, if that was a fucking top game against the top opponents, you're leaving Raheem Sterling out. You get the two lads in, fucking shake hands, get on with it. Yeah. It's fucking all part. But it's all playing the game. You look, and nobody will, in the media, say the right things because they don't want to. Fucking when they went to the World Cup, the only team they had to play was Croatia. The only fucking team. And they got beat. Why? Because he didn't have the bollocks to change the system at half-time. We were getting battered in midfield. Go to five in the midfield. We then play him in a friendly afterwards. And what does he go? Go to 4-5-1. Yeah. So let's see. We should have fucking done better in the World Cup. Let's see what we do in the European Championships. Because we've got home advantage. We've got good young players. We should be fucking knocking on the door of winning it. Yeah. But again... He says the right things. They want him in. They back him. They do all the things, mm. don't they? 
This, yeah. And this is what I'm saying about media's perception. I'm not having a knock at Gareth. He's a lovely fucking bloke. If your daughter brought him home, you'd be fucking happy. He's never gonna, <laughs> he's never gonna cheat on her. He's never gonna do any wrong. But he ain't gonna fucking excite her either. <laughs> <is> he? <laughs> Like you're like right. What, what's your biggest memories at Sunderland? And I go well. It's, you've got to say it. You do a Q and A and stuff like that, and you go well. The cross for Quinny with a two-one win, the penalty miss, and having a night out with Melanie Sykes. They're like, <laughs> that's all. It, that's the three things that they all want to know about. Forget yeah, Forget about the four hundred games you played. That's what they want to talk yeah. about. You're like fucking Jesus Christ. And you keep saying I was all right. You know I wasn't a bad player. Good night, that one. It was Sykes. honestly. If I do Q and A's up up north, that's it. And, and Wayne Rooney smacking me. There you go. Four things. There was a few. There was a. We got a, we got a few tweets about the uh, the Rooney incident. Yeah. Well, like it got blown up a little bit, right? Out of proportion, like basically, I I'd went into the, the nightclub in Manchester. I think we'd we'd had a night out. And, and you're obviously pissed, aren't you? Because you oh, can't take your ale. Fucking bladder. <laughs> <laughs> and you had these uh, these booze that used to uh, panacea. We're in we're in Panacea and they had these booths. So all the Blackburn lads were in, in the Panacea. In, in, sorry, in our little booth. And then the United, uh, Wayne Rooney's in his next to it, and I'm wasted. And then Wayne had come in with his mates and whoever else he was with. But like I say, I couldn't see who he was with. And I'd leant over and I'm like, "Oh, was he okay, man?" He's like, he's like nodding his head. He had a couple of minders, one each side of him. And there was actually a fella there. He used he works in one of the shops in town. Who used to get all my clothes and everything off. And he was on their table. So initially I went across to say hello to him and have a chat with him. And then I went across, single by the way at the time. And uh, I was like, oh, it was, how are you doing, mate? And he was like, oh, all right, mate. And I'd just seen girls everywhere. And I'm like, um, which one of these are we shagging tonight? And uh, not unbeknown, <laughs> Colleen's <laughs> in the group. Oh, uh, like, no. So it wasn't aimed yeah. at her at all. But that was that was basically the conversation that we'd had, and um, he'd literally heard that. So there was like there was Wayne Minder Minder, and then me here. So I'm sat down basically like this on the, on the on this big sofa. So he just got up, leant over, smacked me in the in the eye, sat back down, and that was it. So then uh, all the doormen and everything ran in, and there was like a big fracard and everything. And I think they took Wayne out out the back way and everything. And then I just basically got told to leave out the front door. It wasn't slung out or anything. They just walked up and and I went out, and that was it. So I thought nothing of it. So this is like two in the morning, and the next day I've woke up, um, come out my front door, and just as I was coming out the front door, <laughs> I've had a look and I've just seen a line of about. Because you, you've got the drive, the gates and everything, and then you, over over the other side of it, there's this, not a massive fence, but like, you know, if you stand on it, you can look over it. There's about a line of about 50 cameras. And I'm like, oh my God. So I've, like, I've seen <laughs> my eye. And you remember <laughs> getting twatted off him or not? Yeah, sobered me up like yeah. that straight away. So then I've had my kip, forgot about it, woke up the next morning and I've got a little tiny nick on my eye. And I mean little tiny nick. So I woke up and I've seen that and I've thought, right, well, I know what they're after. So as soon as I've opened the door, I've quickly seen them, closed the door, went back in. And I couldn't believe it. Like, I mean, obviously, they, they, they wanted the story because it was Wayne, now to do with me. Mm. Um, so I went back in the house, me being like, you know, super celeb and everything. I put a pair of sunglasses on, 
come out of the house because I knew all they wanted was a photograph. Come out of the house, got in my car, out the gates, went to training ground, Blackburn's training ground, got the Blackburn's training ground, Sky, uh, local news, cameras, you name it, same thing. So again, the cam, the, the bloody glasses are on, parked the car up. I thought I'd better go and sort this out with, with Mark Hughes. Went in um, and I just went gaffer. I said, I need to have a word with you. I said, uh, you see all the cameras and everything when you come, when you went, he said, yeah. I said, right, it's for me. This wasn't, the, sorry, this was the Monday. So we had the Sunday off, this was the Monday. Um, so I went in on the Monday and I went, I said, look, a few of the lads went out Saturday and I said, like, there's obviously something happened between me and Wayne. I went, I said, completely like, you know, you might think it was me because you obviously think I do things wrong all the time, which, you know, I was in his room every Monday. <laughs> um, Did he know what had happened? No, he didn't know. He hadn't a clue. So he said he didn't, he didn't know why all this massive no, media didn't have a clue. Frenzy type I don't think thing. anybody did because I was home Saturday night, two in the morning. Nothing was in the papers on this on the Sunday, and then Monday it was back pages and it was inside some of the papers and everything. I think then Sky had tried to run it, and he went. He says, "Well, are you telling me the truth?" I went. It says hundred percent. I said that's exactly what happened. I said I'm not holding anything from you or nothing like that. I went. I said that's what happened. He went, right, brilliant, great publicity for the club. He went, he says, get out there and go and train. It's exactly what I said. <laughs> and I went, oh, right, okay. So he didn't find me or nothing like that. Um, he went, he says, well, you've done nothing wrong. You're out on a Saturday but night. But you can't really find you. You're not yeah, exactly. actually done. So that, that, was his, that was the way he looked at it. And it, like they asked him about it. He went, he says, well, you're not getting anything from, from me. He said, I've spoke to Mickey. He went, he says, that's it. He's out training now. He's fit. He's ready to go. And that was it. Did you see him? Have you... Oh, you must have played again. Yeah, we played him. Again, we played him a couple of weeks after, <clears throat> and he started the game. I was on the bench, and I came on for the last twenty minutes, and not really spoke about it or anything like. But we had a coming together as in like just a tackle and stuff like. We just got on with the game, but end of the game, shook hands, and that was it. I've seen him a few times since, but not to speak to or anything like that. But didn't bother me at all didn't bother me at the time yeah uh, but te- I think he went through a period of smacking a couple of people do you remember it? and I was there at this point but we've had people saying about the Ferrari yeah is that because I can't remember any like, any of the lads story. yeah I, no, I was there and so I can't what, what's the story I was well I, I came in on the day that 90 people had lost their jobs hadn't they they'd lost their jobs at the club because we got relegated so they couldn't yeah. keep anybody, everybody on and all that. So they were cutting everybody down, yeah. But three three months prior to that, I'd ordered a Ferrari, a red Ferrari. So we went in that day. Mick McCarthy was manager. And I, we didn't know they were losing their jobs this day. So I, I, we've, I've obviously, the cars got delivered to my uh, to my house in this um, like this van thing at the back. And they pulled it out. Been waiting for it for three months. I was like, oh, fucking dead excited. Can't believe it's that much of a fucking waiting. That's why I've never got one. <laughs> I can't wait three months. If I'm on the I can't wait fucking three months. Probably not delivery. now. You probably get it the next day now. But I just remember I had to wait three months for it. So it, it actually turned up on that day. So they pulled it off the back of this this truck. It came out of this box, um, and I'm fucking obviously dead excited. I mean, I lived a mile away from the training ground, and. Um, this red Ferrari so they take it down I'm dead excited so I get I'm driving it so I started it up I drive to the training ground I got the training ground all the lads I've been telling the lads I was getting I just didn't know what day it was arriving turns up training ground I get into the car park this is the new training ground now so we get in the training ground and I'm in the car park fucking vroom, 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 <laughs> just so the lads could hear and they've all come out let's have a look and everything give us a go and all that as we can sit in it 
And then um, eventually he comes out the car. So I'm buzzing with the car. And um, Mick McCarthy had went, he says, Mickey went, he said, like, oh, we all got brought in a room. And it was like, listen, lads, like, before we go any further, there's there's 90 people going to lose their jobs at the club. Um, so if you could just, like, you know, keep it low today and everything, like, say your sorries if you're going to come across any of them, blah, blah, blah. So I'm thinking, fucking hell, I've just fucking drove in in a Ferrari. <laughs> so and Gaffer, I said, you do know what I've just dro- drove in the car park with? I said, I've been waiting for it for three months. He went, he said, he said that's you in the Ferrari, is it? I went, I said, yeah. I said, do you want me to take it home? He said, if you don't mind. And I went, no problem. I went, I said, fine. So I did. <laughs> Put the Ferrari on and just went back in his Range Rover. Aston <laughs> <laughs> Martin. Oh, <laughs> I, I did, yeah. <laughs> Anybody knew that? <laughs> but he knew that so that was the two cars that, that, that I had at the time so that had turned up and I'd asked Martin so you got a taxi man I took, I took it off I should have came back on a bike to be honest with you <laughs> just but, fucking just borrow a scorer off somebody but that was I mean the story goes right that like and this is I guess another question I get asked when I do the Q&A's and everything that Mick McCarthy fined me two weeks wages and that was why I left the club and everything and I was being selfish because I drove the car never had a clue that they were losing their jobs on that day and um no one had said like what car to come into the training ground etc and all that and I never got fined from the club and I never got left out through all that story it was the biggest load of crap you know what the North East like for a rumour and a story yeah. biggest load of crap Mick McCarthy went he said look do you mind just taking it home I went fine not a problem so, so if, I took it home if, you th- if, you'd have, if you'd have got delivery of the car two days earlier you don't think there'd have any been, been made of it without a doubt yeah. without a doubt it was just because it came that day and I probably wouldn't have gone to work in that car that day mm. Because I lived like a, literally a minute round the corner from the training ground. That's where I lived. So it's, it, there's loads of crappy stories always come out and it's always when there's something's gone wrong at Sunderland. Yeah. They always try and blame it on something. And that was my car. But the biggest load of shit I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> I got a message just before we started from Alex Baptiste. And he said, ask him about the day we got relegated at Man U. Yeah, obviously Blackpool. When we looked at the fixtures, Man United away last game of the season, we thought, "Shit, we're going to have to be safe before then." But went into the game, obviously got beat four two. After the game, we went to the changing rooms. Obviously, being relegated, we got gutted, and we got these four tiny little, like the Chicago Town pizzas, <laughs> four pizzas between the whole squad. These little things. Old Trafford. At Old Trafford, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, Holloway buggered off with um Ferguson enjoying his glass of red wine and stuff and we were uh, got on the bus an hour and a half we were sat there and all the lads were absolutely starving, fuming, no beers on it or anything. Fucking smell some some onions. You can smell them from anywhere. Anyway, we were all starving. So it was about an hour and a half. And there was little fans still all there and stuff. And I thought, do you know what, I sat this. And I could see them start to pack away. I went down, just got off the bus, went down. I was like, listen, what have you got? They're like, what do you mean? I'll take whatever you've got. So anyway, the, come on, walked on the bus with 20 hot dogs, burgers, everything, just put them down. All the lads started to eat it. Anyway, dishing them all out, turn round, all the way comes on. What the fuck's this? I was like... 
fucking hell, Gaffer, we're all starving. Fucking jambos, that's why you got relegated. Look at you, the fucking state here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, he looked you up and down? Yeah, <laughs> honestly, look at me up and down. If you looked after yourself, you'd be in the Premier League next year. You would have been in the Premier League for the last 10 years with your quality and all that, you know. Eating fucking shit like this. Anyway, I was I was fuming anyway, and I sat down and all that, and a few of the lads were like there putting them, putting them in the bin and stuff. <laughs> I was like, a few lads don't eat it. I'm like, so I just stood up, started eating it in his face, and he was looking at me, and I could see him turning. But his missus was always on the bus, and anyway, he's got off the bus and he stormed off, and we were like, right, are we going then or what? And everyone was looking at me like, oh you best go and see the gaffer and he was just sat there just on his own I was like why do I go he's just fucking hammered me why, why should I go and yeah. see so he, he had, to, had to get off the bus and go and just proper heart to heart he's an emotional man so it was a proper heart to heart but where did he go and sit yeah, just like oh. just just got off the bus and he was just sat there just like on his own and God. he was like he was like you know I've done my best for all you lads and all that and I was like fucking hell gaffer the season's over <laughs> you know, dog's not going to do it's anything. Should have been more. Should have seen what he had last night. <laughs> no, <laughs> this is not I mean, the first time yeah. I'm going to be in the yeah. next fucking two months. Yeah, <laughs> the, the biscuits and all that last night. The, the few beers before bed and stuff. You know that 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 weren't thinking, but the hot dogs are all right. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. we've we've had him on, haven't he? And that's one thing that like stood out how much he took things to heart. Yeah, yeah. That that Anything. was probably his only problem. Um, great man, manager, absolute fantastic person. And to be fair, I got on with him really well and. He did sort of see me as a as a project trying to improve me and for me personally I should have listened to him but at that time I was happy doing what I was doing. I, I was playing at a good level. You know, if I would have done them extra little things, you know, watching what I eat and stuff, probably I might have played longer and, and played higher up but he was just like, he was one of them who he cared so much about everyone and took everything to heart that you know, just a little thing like that, he'd pick up on it and you were doing wrong and that was it. He'd, hold it against you for about an hour but then he'd be kissing you and cuddling you and any food delivered recently John? I haven't no 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 me neither you Chris? I certainly have lads <laughs> unbelievable <laughs> unbelievable where have you got it from? hello fresh email interception again I'm not yeah. having it. I'm not. I'm not happy. I'm, I'm not happy on it. He's a I sloppy mean, lads. It's not, it's not very often I get, I get I get pissed off about stuff, but food is, is one of the things that does get it's me a little fair. bit irate. If, if there's one delivery that should be going to John, <laughs> it's, it's got to be the snap, in it? He doesn't cook though. At least I cook. What, 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 what do you think? What, what do you mean? Your last does it, don't you? No, she chuff. She does. Do you do a bit of cooking? Yeah, of course I do. Basic beans a la toast. We we. Wee oui, wee. Oui. Uh, no, I do a bit. Of, I do a bit of cooking. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. What have you had? Beef ragu rigatoni. Ooh, that sounds like right up my street. That. Yeah, well, it was. I did think of you when I was eating it. Yeah. Chamula spiced halloumi. Oh, I love a bit of that. This but is, this is like some halloumi. What? The favourite one, creamy prawn rigatoni. Oh, it was oh, to die for. I'm salivating. I do like a prawn and all. I do, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of prawns. Yeah, it was lovely. So you got three dishes, did you? Three. Is there any chance of keeping one for yourself, passing one to me and passing one to Chrissy? Or what? I'll bear that in mind. Instead of seeing them all yourself. Well, for those who don't know, HelloFresh, a fantastic array of recipes, as Chris well knows. <laughs> Go on the website, choose which ones you want. 
21 different recipes there are to choose from every week and there's something for everyone family favorites recipes from around the world there's even plant-based and low-calorie meals for those on the diet john cheap, cheap shot cheap, cheap shot yeah pick your boxes they send everything you don't need to do anything the method okay. yeah apart from cooker the method everything calorific information step-by-step recipe cards come with every every box so they give you all the ingredients just make it easy you don't even have to be that experienced in the kitchen but obviously you being a, a, a culinary expert it won't be an issue I won't, anyway i won't say expert but i, I know we're around the kitchen they've got time-saving recipes 20 minutes or less and they've even got now check this the new extra rapid meals vroom, vroom. <laughs> right. you can have your meal done within 10 minutes <laughs> oh my god so no planning, no shopping, no food waste. Everything just comes all packed up. Get your recipe card, off you go. Job done. Can't, can't complain at that kind You do premium meals as well now, you know. You know, if you're feeling know. like, oh, it's might be wife's birthday or something, you want to splash out a bit, get a, get something a little special in. Maybe you've had a bit of windfall. You think you're going to treat yourself. Maybe, if one who knows when. <laughs> you can go fucking balls deep. You have a month or two, can't you? A month on the... Uh, on the premium. On the premium. What are you doing with your winnings, love? Hey. I'm going for a month premium. Follow <laughs> fresh. We're we, going to eat like kings, love. And that we gout. <laughs> so for the simple way to cook fresh, HelloFresh is offering 50% off your first box and 35% off the next three boxes. All you've got to do is head to hellofresh.co.uk and use the code COSH. Sign me up. And you'll receive the 50% off your first box and 35% off the next three. That's 50% off your first box and 35% off the rest for the rest of the month. All you've got to do is head over to hellofresh.co.uk to choose your favourite recipes. Fantastic. Delightful. Sign me up. Yeah, well, if you, if you don't enjoy what you're doing, you're never any good at it anyway. So, you know, but, you know, the... They, there's a few who've tested me, like on a Friday night when the hotel manageress comes up and says, excuse me, uh, some of your lads have ordered chips and beer. I went, oh, what room's that? Because <laughs> I always have a list of who's in the room. So <laughs> if anybody orders something, is that coming, always coming back to you? Oh, it was at Blackpool, it was at Blackpool, because everything, if they didn't pay for it at the end, he would go mental at me. <laughs> so anyway... You have a little word, some of the hotels you go to on a regular basis, so just tell me if anything's ordered that's not right, you know, because we feed them. So you shouldn't have things late on. This is like half nine. Chips. <laughs> two pints of lager. Probably eating at seven, man. You know what I mean? It's only two and a half hours. Seriously, they've already they've just finished their meal at eight o'clock. So anyway, I go, what room's that? They went, oh, it's, I said, oh, let me take it up then. <laughs> Towel over the arm. Yeah. So I go. They carry it. They knock on the door. So I made them move after and move out of the way because they look through the little thing. <laughs> Keith Sovereign and Brett Omerod, wasn't it? Full fucking hell. <laughs> not for that room, Matt. Not for us. So I walked in, put it down. I said, do you, "Would you do this at home?" And Brett went, "Fucking right. I, I can't. I can't play without drinking." Gaffer, I have, you know, my dad has tinnies when he watches, he gets nervous, and I always have two on a Friday night. I said, all right, there you go. Better play well tomorrow. They both did. You've got to trust them, haven't you? Yeah. And I bought them, the, I bought them it, because <laughs> I didn't want it showing on the thing. So I took it off the, off the club order, and I paid yeah. for it. Did Brett tell us that one? I don't no, think he did. Think he did. Sneaky no. bastard. But again, Brett, I mean, I, I joked about my chickens and doing it, and... 
he said, I don't know, I don't get it, Gaffer. I don't know where you want me to run. <laughs> said, those, those fucking chickens must be cleverer than me. I said, no. I said, Brett, what do they do? Even if you cut their head off, what do they do? Fucking run. I said, well, can you run? He went, fucking right. I said, well, run then. He said, I don't know where to run. I said, just fucking run any way you like. So he ran. I went, wait, what's he left? Fucking great hole. Somebody fill that hole. I said, that's movement. You've gone from there to there. He's gone from there to there. I, I want someone else to do something. I don't want just two-way movement. I want three-way movement. Then I want four-way movement. But we've got to be supporting the ball enough so we, when we do that, you'll have time to move. I said, and what you should be doing is fucking running in behind. So all this keeping it, keeping it, that ain't what I want. I want to put someone through in behind. So every time we do this, I want to see a fucking runner. So it took ages. But the timing of the runs that he made the timing of Luke Varney's runs that he made was I could I didn't coach them that they just did it mm. and what they don't realise it was just them anyway it was always them anyway and I believe the best say to them go on in just go and play but this is the structure you're playing in mm. so all I can say we had a fantastic moment in time <laughs> we had somebody message actually saying um, ask him about being the only manager that's getting a good season out of Ravel Morrison yeah. a good full season he what? was he was some boy it was listen I love I love talent I love players like that and I think if you can try and treat them in the right way and they can perform for you if they don't well you've give them everything you've got and with Ravel I knew there was a special talent. I remember him from Huddersfield. I went to watch a youth game before a first-team game. And him and Paul Pogba played against Huddersfield's under-18s. And they were ridiculous, the two of them. And uh, I came back and I said, if ever I get the chance with those. And I tried many, many times with Pogba before he went to Juventus because as a young player, and Fergie was never letting him out. And then Ravel came on the scene and you knew he had these off-the-field issues. And then it was me old gaffer who I'd worked with in Newcastle, Sam Allardyce, had him at West Ham and I just rang him up. I says, listen, let me take him off your hands for a season. I'll, I'll, I'll take sort I'll sort the I'll, I'll, I'll I'll take the shit for a year. And he says, right, he says, but you know you're up against it and all that. And I, yeah, yeah, no bother. And I had Terry Mack with us and, and what Terry's good at, Terry's not a coach at all. He'll never ever pretend to be. He doesn't tell anyone. But he's a great person around the dressing room with the lads gets into them has a great rapport with them a great uh, relationship so we got Rav in and he was uh, he's unbelievable one of the best I've seen in terms of playing but in terms of discipline time keeping uh, going in to do with gym work going in to do his uh, S&C didn't want to know uh, just just in, and then the odd time get into trouble with the police so you're having all that to deal with so I get him in this day well I didn't actually we were going out to train I'm standing on the training pitch the fitness come out the coach come out and they'd been in the gym doing S&C before they come out with us strength and conditioning by the way nah, you ask him. Yeah. <laughs> and, and he came he came out and he said uh, the fitness coach said listen Rav hasn't been in so I says Rav come over I says you kind of join in the football till you go back in the gym. He says, what What do you mean? I say, I'm not training. I says, no, you are. I says, but go and do your session with Nick. He says, fuck that, I'm going home. <laughs> <laughs> Last thing you know. So I says, no, Rav. I says, he says, no, no. I 
I says, Rav, come on, man. I says, I'm the manager who's giving you a chance. He say, I says, uh, he says, fuck off. I says, Rah. I says, right, get your agent to ring us. And he didn't even look back at us this time. He said, he's busy. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm thinking, fucking hell. And I, lo- I loved him really, like, I loved him, but he was hard work, so... There's got to be a point. There's got to be a black off point. Oh, there, there is. Oh, but the rest so, of the lads, so uh, we train. Yeah, that's what I'm doing for. I'm, I'm, the rest of the lads, you cannot, you cannot be seen to be giving someone. Even if he's the best player. Exactly. Even if he's the so best what player. I've done is we cracked on with the session. I goes up back into my office upstairs at the training ground. Me pee is there. She says, "Rav's in your office." So I walks in. He's all sheepish. He says, "I'm sorry," and I says, "Listen," I says. I says, you've got it all, all the players are doing it. You've got it. He says, Gaffer, I'm embarrassed. I can't do it. I can't lift the weights they are doing. I'm shit at it. I says, well, doesn't matter. I says, just fucking do what you can do. I says, Nick, I says, we'll speak with Nick. Why don't you come and see us? We'll speak with Nick, the, the fitness coach. We'll give you a different programme. Not a problem, but as long as you're seen to be doing this mm, with yeah. the players. I says, I get the, the embarrassed stuff. You know what football's like, biggest piss take ever. I says, but we'll do it. I says, Rav, I says, you've got unbelievable talent. I says, you're the modern day Paul, uh, you're the modern day Gaza. He goes, who's Gaza? <laughs> I goes, Paul Gascoigne. He goes, I don't know him. I went, oh, fucking get out. <laughs> <laughs> thing is, from your point of view, you probably couldn't give two fucks whether he does that essence thing nah. or not. But it's just everybody else looking in and going, it, how it, can it, he... It's, f- it's how you manage the group. In, and by the way, when you've got 30 fellas, you've got to manage them differently and they've got to do the. But when you're doing something like that, you've got to be seen to be doing the right things. Or if you do have a special case, the only way the players will back that special case up is if he produces on a Saturday. If he helps us get three points on a Saturday, and we're all getting our win bonus, we're all getting our appearance, we'll, yeah. we'll win the league. That's the only way you can get Because I've been in teams in the past where certain players have got away with certain things and the manager said, listen, he'll be the difference between us doing this and doing this, and he has. Uh, I will do that. Yeah. At QPR, he will. He will that yeah. way. Did he piss in your pond, Morrison? <laughs> no, but that, that was on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> and... Because I left him out for a few games. It'd been a bit of a... He's <laughs> all come out now. Seven of his kids got a cow There'd been a few uh, things happening off the field. And um, so I left him out for a couple of games. And uh, my son said, uh, Dad, um, he says, uh, it's all around Twitter. Uh, Rav's pissed in the pond. And I says, well, Jack, you live here. We haven't got a pond. <laughs> He said, he said, I know. I says, well, why are you asking? He says, oh, well, it's going off it on Twitter. <laughs> we haven't got a pond. And that was, and that was the story. I'd left them out and I'd, I'd invited all the players round to the house for a party and I caught them pissing in the pond where the uh, carp were, so I, I binned them for a couple of games. I didn't have a... <laughs> uh, that's, that's, that's how things get blown out, isn't it? It's like... Uh, Honestly, man, some some of the things it was like, it's what was it? What was it? Twitter, did something happen when you signed a phone yeah. call on holiday? The plane. When I sat, when I first signed, it was the. <laughs> I didn't get paid before us for six weeks when I signed, because we went on pre-season tour to Finland, and. Um, 
on the way on the way on the way back like well, when we were there we had to, we had a couple of beers so I'll tell you about the playing one first the first one was the playing <laughs> we're coming home on the plane and we fucking we were playing so your first pre-season this is the first but just signed 18 year old season yeah so I get bored easy <laughs> so we had a flight from somewhere to Helsinki Helsinki to Amsterdam Amsterdam to the East Midlands it was a nightmare absolute nightmare so, you've been out the night before you've been out the night before yeah so we're on the plane and the flight from Amsterdam to um, East Midlands Airport got delayed so we're sat in the plane it's fucking shocking we're on the plane anyway and I'm fucking like this is boring me so I've seen the girl like she goes bing bong um, ladies and gentlemen on the flight black to such and such so I've gone it's fucking quality that so I've just gone up when she's got off like walked to the front of the plane the plane's chocker by 150, 200 people on it so I've just picked the handset up as I'm waiting to go to the toilet and Jeff Thomas was behind me and he just went bing bong I've gone there brace brace we're going down the plane's going down <laughs> I didn't really think anything of that then but the fucking the screams and kids the kids are like screaming and pains and I've turned around like that thinking the lads are going to love this and everyone's like <laughs> so I've gone I might have fucked up here. <laughs> the lads are gonna love this. But you know, you don't. I didn't really realise. I did, but I didn't. So as I've walked back to the fucking seat, the fella we were sat with, I don't know who he was. I didn't know who he was at the time. So I found out he was a reporter from the Daily Mail, and he just went, "That wasn't very clever." And I've just gone, "Shut up, you fuck!" <laughs> like thinking nothing of it. And then fucking hell, the pilot gets on the plane and everything, and he's gone. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, I do apologise for that idiot who's just made that announcement. Um, can a member of the Nottingham Forest Party come and so Mickey Adams, who was the assistant manager then, they're all fucking going, you fucking dickhead. And Des Little uh, was there, but and he's pissing himself. He's like, I can't believe you've just done it. And then it kind of dawned on me, I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> <laughs> Eight, done done yeah. Eight, 18 on your first pre-season trip. <laughs> Just been signed for two <laughs> two million pound plus. No. At eighteen. I just see Stuart Pierce like that. <laughs> well, Des Little was like that. It's brilliant. And I'm like, oh I'm fucked it. Even they're not gonna suck you, they've just paid millions for you. <laughs> like, thing is, the all you need is one bit of constructive you know, one person to say it's brilliant, and you're like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. it'll work. It. 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 <laughs> but when he gets off the plane, one of the coaches we had this uh, we had a goalkeeping coach called uh, Mike fucking hell, I can't, he was a he was a dickhead, he hated me good reason like I used to fucking terrorise him he, he hated me and he was trying to get me arrested when, so we get off the plane and everyone's like you just got to get through because you know it, it was bad what I'd done so we get on the chairman's there and I, I didn't know it was the chairman it's just this little little fucking gimp as far as I'm concerned and he's going to me you know when you get in them bus he's like never in my 45 years and, nothing. and I'm like who the fuck's he? <laughs> I didn't have a clue who he was. And then they're going to the table in Scotland, the chairman, he just bought you and I went, I'm oh, sorry, chairman. <laughs> I've had a nightmare here. <laughs> oh. And then all of a sudden you wake up one day and yesterday I had to be at the training ground for nine o'clock in my tracksuit to have breakfast, which was served to me, and then we'd go out and do this session, then we'd have lunch, which was served to me, and then we'd go out and do another session where I was told what I'm going to do the next week, uh, or, or how I'm going to play at the weekend, and then I'm told to go home and sent home with energy drinks, with some kind of stretching guidance, and told when to go to bed. And then I go to bed and I do it all again. Mm. And then all of a sudden, today... Time you're getting up? I don't know. What are you, what are you getting up for? I don't know. Why should you get up? I don't know. 
do you want, do you want a burger? I don't know. Why not? Do you want a beer? Why? Why not? Yeah. You know, the, the structure is just totally gone. Yeah. The focus is gone. And even though I did go into commentary, uh, I, I was only working some 42 days a year. You know, so if you get a day's travelling with that... Well, I've still got another 323 to get through. <laughs> you know, and, and in that, it's... The lull is huge. Mm. The lull is huge. So that non-football life, the sedentary life, isn't, isn't comparable to a football life because the highs and lows are, are huge in football. And if you're trying to emulate them in, in a normal sedentary life, you're going to start pushing your behaviours to silly points. Mm. You know, because normal <laughs> life is more like this. With maybe a life... Uh, you know, it, uh, issue that happens that spikes it. Football, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, sends you up here, down yeah. there, up here, down there. Even on a daily basis when you're training, like one day I'm training with a bib, the next day I'm training without a bib. I'm like, oh, uh, does that mean I'm in the squad? Does that mean I'm going to be playing? Does yeah. it not? You know, all of this is going on, and then all of a sudden you're just like, ah, fish out of water, no to do. Yeah. Even though I planned for it, even though I got a job, even though I'd bridged some kind of financial divide, that, that loss, mate, was huge. Mm. Is that when the drinking got... Because you, you say, I, I need to do something. It's, yeah. it, it's not always the drink. It's, I need to do something, whether it's gambling. Could you feel that just getting worse and worse? Uh, I would have... I, I Still, again, it was probably only every three or four months that I would have a big binge. And usually, over the last three years of my career and into the commentary, it would be gambling because I had the association of drink and being bad. And I, I had the knowledge that in drink, I make bad life choices. And I didn't want to do that. So I had the power to mm. to make a choice of how I was going to splurge. And it was it was going to be usually gambling. And that had financial consequences sometimes. Sometimes it didn't. But that wasn't the reason that I did it. Mm. You know, I, I was I was doing it for other reasons. Yeah. Um, but again, it, 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 it would come and go in bouts. You know, it's not as though I was on it 24-7 for seven months. Mm. It wasn't like that. I would, I would do it and then, and then I wouldn't. And I'd choose not to, and then all of a sudden it would come back, and then, ah, boom, boom. I know why now, but I didn't know why then. <laughs> so, um, it's because I'm descending into this episode. So I go to Brazil with, with ITV, a wonderful six weeks out there, but I'm a, a, I'm a sad, lonely man. Um, I cry. I've got a growth on my face, massive growth on my face. It was um, a cyst in my parotid gland and I kept having it drained and it would grow back bigger. And I'd have it drained, it'd grow you back bigger. You kept having it in Brazil? Uh, no, while oh. I was here. Oh. And then I had it drained once in Brazil and it was massive. That didn't help with my self-esteem, having me mate Steve <laughs> touched the side of me head. Um, but when, when I came back, mate, I, 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 my, my head was just in that dark place. It, where I couldn't be objective I had no objectivity in my life all I had was the thoughts in my head and the thoughts in my head told me I was useless waste of space, embarrassment to me kids uh, wife's ashamed to be with me she'll be financially better off if I'm dead the world would be right if I was dead 
and that was just running through my mind, running through my mind. Uh, and like I said, you know, I'm an overthinker, and I thought it through. And if I was dead, everyone else would be better off. Uh, and that was my solution. So it wasn't as all like this was the ultimate escape. This was me running away. It wasn't. I thought it through, and logically, in my depression, I was like, yeah, death is the right answer. Everyone will be better. So, so a little bit like Eddie Howe, you're thinking by you uh, committing suicide, you're doing everybody else a, a favour. favour. Exactly, mate. How warped is that? Mm. that, how, that sorry, Clark. How was your relationship with your missus? Uh, relationship with the missus, um, it was... I don't want to use a disrespectful term. It, it was it was palatable. We were getting by. We were getting on. Through the motions. You know? Yeah. I would say we were going through the motions. I think in my head, I've had many conversations with, with my brother and other people about um, how long I was going to be in that relationship for. You know? Mm. And so I think it had an end time in my own mind. But that was that was largely within this warped focus that I had. Um, was it, was so, it, like you said, you put a time limit on it, but was it still a comfort? Because you're still there. Uh, well, that's a really good question. Was it a comfort? I don't think it was. I don't think it contributed because the fact that I was still there and in my head I thought I was a waste of space, I was doing further damage by being there. Mm-hmm. You know, um Especially, especially for my kids, they were the only reason I was still in the relationship. Yet they, they were the very reason why it, it was really impressed upon me that I, I needed to die. It was just really quite a paradox. Mm. Outwardly, we're friends, next door neighbours, say a bit closer. Is that? Is it obvious? Not you're... at all, mate. No, you're, you're seeing whichever mask I'm showing to you. Yeah. And if you're the neighbour, then I'm showing you the lovely, friendly, congenial neighbour mask and I'm taking your bins in. And I'm yeah. saying, what a beautiful day. You know, oh, how are you today? Uh, if I'm at work with, with uh, ITV, then I'm putting on the, yes, I've done my research, I'm very knowledgeable and I'm very articulate about football and I'm putting on that face. But when I get in my car and I'm driving back up... To, the A1 to London, uh, from London, and it's two o'clock in the morning, uh, and I'm turning my lights off, seeing how long I can drive in the dark, or I'm closing my eyes, seeing how long I can clo- drive my eyes closed, or I'm thinking, do you know what, it'd be so easy for me to just whip this steering wheel and flip the car into this bridge. And passing laybys where the trucks pull over and think, that'd be a good one to drive into, that one wouldn't. You know, it's it's not having a passing thought that oh, I could might as well not be here. Everyone has those. When you have ideation, when you're thinking about it and you're planning it, that, that's that's a warning sign. But I didn't know that. I didn't know it's it at the time. In your head. It, it's it's in there and it's really strong at, at certain times. Sometimes there'll be something that distracts it, like work there'll be something that distracts it, like I'm going to do this with the kids and then you'll get a quiet moment where those thoughts just come straight back in and they call you a, th- a fraud for what you've just done with your kids. 
they call you a fraud for what you've just done at work. How can you pretend to be like that when really you're a fucking loser? Uh, it's horrible, mate. My my brain destroyed my brain. It's horrible. So when uh, when I came back from Brazil, uh, I'd, I'd come to the conclusion that I have to die. I was going to make sure that I wasn't going to fail because that's what I did last time. I failed. I didn't survive. Failed. Mm. And uh, and this time, again, you know the 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 way that it all closes in. I, I put myself in front of a lorry, sixty mile an hour, with no thought to the fact that there's a guy driving that lorry. You know, beforehand, I just viewed it as a killing machine. I thought, yeah, that's perfect. Uh, and I've gone and done that and changed his life forever. But I I can't think beyond my own black cloud when I'm in it. Uh, can you believe, right? Uh, I think it's from playing against you so many times. <laughs> <laughs> I got hit by a truck, mate, and I didn't break a single bone. Not a single bone. 60 mile an hour. Hit by a big truck. And and when people say, how can you believe in God after all you've been through? I'll say, that's why, mate. That's mm. why. Mm. Uh, 60 miles an hour. And if you if you put that into into a soap, They'd say, oh, that wouldn't happen. Yeah, fucking Mate, fact, too far-fetched. Exactly, that. too far-fetched. I, I woke up 10 seconds later, side of the road, and airlifted to Leeds General, and then uh, operations for two days to, to stitch me back together. I wasn't, no broken bones, but bloody hell, my body was split open. And, uh, and then I got a psychiatric hospital, and then the work begins, mate. So do you know... <clears throat> Do you know your first thought when you've woke up at the side of the road? <clears throat> was that, fuck me, I failed again? It was, are you fucking kidding me? I had clawed fingers like this, and I saw the blood dribbling down them. Are you fucking kidding me? Put me in an air ambulance, and they'd wrap me up. I tried to stand up, tried to stand up, and the guy was like, don't move, don't move. Wrap me up, put me in an air ambulance. And, um, and the guy said, what's your name? I said, Clark Carlisle. What year is it, 2013? I said, fucking hell. He said, what? I said, I haven't even got amnesia. <laughs> <laughs> True story. <laughs> and then I, I just, from then I switched off. I didn't black out, but I switched off. And uh, these two guys were speaking to each other. And one of them said, uh, I think this guy's DOA. And I thought to myself, yeah, happy days. That's what, that's what I need. I thought if I go to sleep, then hopefully I'll be DOA. Yeah, but I wasn't. I wasn't, mate. Dead on arrival, is that? Yeah. I wasn't. Do you know when you, you're going on about you didn't succeed, you failed? Yeah. When you're having the good times after the first time with, with, with the tablets, did you still look back? You say when you're at, at Watford and Burnley or whatever, did you yeah. still look back and think, I failed that? It was in the back of your head that you did want to die subconsciously no I don't think it was you'd come through that yeah I, I, I think well I don't think I know that once that happened in 2001 I put it in a box never to be looked at again so that actual incident I don't think I back referenced again that it's just gone uh, I talked about it when I was in alcohol rehab because we thought it might be the reason why I started drinking. I talked about it in there for, for those 28 days. But after that, mate, just pretended like it never mm. happened. Mm. 
Right. Difficult question. Yeah. But I think it's, you know, good for people to hear is, you know, when your wife and your daughter come in to see you after that, when you've come round again. Yeah. How are you feeling then and how do you explain where you are? Uh, my ex-wife came in uh, when I was still in, um, oh, what's it called, critical... Intensive care. In- intensive care, that's the one. <clears throat> uh, she came in uh, and the first thing I said to her is, you have to leave me. And she said, what, what are you talking about? I said, you have to leave me because I'm going to keep doing this. Um, uh, how did I feel? I felt disgusted, felt embarrassed, uh, felt ashamed. Um, and I said to her, you have to leave me while you can, because I'm going to keep doing this. And that's how I felt. At that point. At that point. And, and that's just it, because just because I survived the suicide attempt, it doesn't mean that it's all over and I was fixed. I'm still in that psychological mm. crisis. I'm still in that state of thinking those things, and uh, and now I feel even worse. <laughs> so there's no there's no coming round and thinking, like you said, there's no snap out. No. I know there's not going to be a permanent snap, but I thought there might be a, a small window of realization within that immediate no. resurrection, if you will. Mm. Not at all. Not at all. Um, I didn't start to think forward. I didn't start to think that I might actually stay alive for a bit until uh, after about a week to 10 days in psychiatric hospital after I'd been on medication for that that long. Really strong stuff as well. This is an NHS hospital. This is nothing to do with... No, it's a private hospital. This one was a private hospital. First one I went to was a private one funded by the PFA, which I'm so grateful for. Met a guy in there called Dr. Beanie who diagnosed me and gave me some fantastic care while I was in there. Um, and the difficulty about that was, that scenario, was once I was discharged from there, after I was in there for six weeks, excuse me, there wasn't really any aftercare, there wasn't any follow-on process. It was, the bill's done, now go out, you know, you're out in the big wide world with this pamphlet that we've given you from the hospital. And so I'd started some work, but I, I, I did it was dangerous because I knew nothing, but I thought I knew everything. Yeah. So I come out of there thinking, like, you know, everything's unkidori. Um, but I'll tell you a few things that I did change from there. Um, and this is where I, I, I was talking about the honesty. You know, I, I came out of there and I thought, if I'm going to be alive, I'm, I'm not carrying any of this stuff with me. I need to put where I am on the table and start being true to myself about who I am and what I feel. Got to get rid of this fraudulent feeling. Um, and I did. I started being honest with, with people around me. Um, and, you know, I was, I was back at home with my ex-wife for about two or three weeks. And I said, look, I, I need to move out. I'm going to move out. I'm going to have this, you know, this period to see how and where we are. I, I'm only staying here to stay with our children. And I don't think that's right. So I'm gonna I'm gonna move out. We'll see how it works. Uh, I'd only been out uh, out of the the family home for for about a week or two, and I said this is right. You know, I think we need to get a divorce. So we got divorced. Yeah. 
And did did your ex-wife understand? Not wholly, no. Um, and how could I expect her to? Mm. I, d- I didn't understand, mate. Well, the... Uh, do, you th- do you think that there was somewhere in her mind a bit of a relief that I haven't got to keep thinking what's going to happen in three months? Um, I, I can guarantee that, that that was part of her thinking. Mm. I, I, I can only imagine what she's gone through me doing what I did. Yeah. I, I, I can't I can't tell you what her experience was. Can you imagine what I was like? Mm. I, I can't imagine what it is to find to hear that your spouse is has you know been hit by a truck, airlifted to hospital, they're in critical care and, and then you find out they did it of their own volition and and you don't have a, a, a wider, you know, grasp or understanding of, of of why and how that's happened. I can't imagine what that's put her through, mate. Uh, and I'm I'm incredibly apologetic for it. So do you where where are you at now? Now I'm well, mate. Yeah. Uh, and this is the amazing thing. This is why I do still sometimes look back on on my career and think about, oh, what if? The reason why I do that is I'm well now, and what I've figured out is when I'm well, life can throw whatever it wants at me, mm. and we we deal with it, we manage it, we manage it in a healthy way. I look back and I think I dealt with what life was giving me in spite of dealing with it in a bad way and being unwell. You know, I dealt with it all in a destructive way. What I want to tell people is that I've been to death's door and now I'm here and I'm content and I'm happy and that's a thing. Yeah. That can happen. You know, it's not all doom and gloom. Mm -hmm. It didn't happen by accident. It's taken 18 months, you know, with therapy and me taking my meds and me engaging with the services. But when you do, recovery and wellness is inevitable. Mm. So now I can I can work harder and longer than I ever did before. I can deal with so much more that's going on in my family's life, in my extended family's life, and sleep at night. Because I'm well, mate, and I'm doing things the right way for me. So do you, do you think that's going to be a... A constant for the rest of your life. I'd be very surprised. You if, know, sort of the, yeah. the going the therapy and all that. Do you, do you think it, you will have to just make, keep on top? An MOT, it's, basically. Is that is that what are you looking at? Exactly, it, mate. It's an, it's an MOT on yourself. The thing is, is every um, week, two weeks, or whatever. It I is. know what my path is now. Uh, I know what my behaviours are. I know when I'm feeling good. I know when I'm starting to feel less than. I know what to do at this point instead of waiting until I get yeah. to disaster. We're doing the right things. I'm living a well life. Mm. And I've not got anything that I'm running away from. No mm. secrets. I've, no, d- I've, dealt, with, I've dealt with my motivations to run yeah. away. So That's if you and I were to go and have a pint now, mate, we could happily go and have a pint. Uh, and, you know, I'll pop off home. That's not a problem. And that's amazing for me. Uh, yeah. You know, I think it's important for people to hear that Definitely. as well. Yeah. You know, it, it's, it's not what you're doing, it's your motivation for doing it. Mm. Yeah. Wish you'd have told us this at the start of the fucking programme. We might have <laughs> went to the fucking pint on the table. We was there two pints in the club. I've been sad drinking, hey, the fucking sad drinking bastard water. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear oh, but mate dear. that was incredible yeah absolutely incredible
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.